2: Welcome to Brother Date, I'm Matthew
0: I'm Judah the Donkey Wrestler
2: Yeah, you are Uh, Always
0: wrestling donkeys
2: This is a Star Trek week
0: That sure is Just
2: feel like I should put that out there in case anybody wants to turn it off now It's a Star Trek week
0: Uh, Also, probably the rare Star Trek week that has the potential to run shorter than the previous week
2: (laughs) Yes, that's right, we did You know what? Last week was kind of a vanity project, a little bit. It was just something that we wanted to do for us, and uh, we didn't, I don't think we got a lot of notes on it, but we'll wait till next week's mailbag to to figure that out.
0: Yeah, I mean, at this point, at the point where we're recording this, there has not been much feedback on Twitter, okay, that's fine. Uh, but I do want to say that I, I went out and had a drink with Ben oh. uh, on Friday night, and he gave positive feedback about the show.
2: Podcast listener Ben, that's good.
0: That's right, yeah. He was. Uh, you may know him as our off-site Star Trek... I forget how he says it, but you'll yeah, hear it later.
2: plus I think later then he became our Star Trek VP, so now I don't really know where he fits in. in That's the right, he's, the vice, he's vice
0: president of Star Trek. Yeah. I know you thought that was Rick Berman. I mean, not anymore, because he lives in Croatia now or something. But...
2: I would be very glad if it had never been Rick Berman, and it had always been Baby Ben, because he would have been a baby back then.
0: How about, uh, how about a sitcom mm. where Rick Berman moves to Eastern Europe and uh becomes roommates with uh Mr. Dunike. <laughs> I knew you Middle were School. gonna say that. I knew you were gonna say that the teacher that you bullied into moving into the Ukraine?
2: <laughs> to be fair, I was only among thousands of students that bullied him until he moved to the Ukraine.
0: He was apparently a popular target. I don't even know if he was a teacher there when I was there.
2: He was a joke. He was a joke of a human.
0: You didn't have to try to steal his diploma.
2: Well, he threw it in the trash, so it was all takers, I thought. All right, we'll, we'll get to that next week. Let's talk. About, <laughs> put a note Put a note in the agenda to talk about Mr. DeNike for next week. <laughs> He's never going to hear this, I'm sure. Um, Doc, what week is this for Star Trek episodes? Is this 18, 19? What are we on right now? So this is
0: week 18, so this is crucial because this puts us over 10% of the oh, way through the project.
2: Oh, man, that's right. We talked about this last week.
0: Assuming that we don't die in the middle of this week. <laughs>
2: possible. We're, if just, I have a heart
0: attack and die during, let's say, projections, then I guess we didn't get
2: 10%. Just to give the inside scoop, we're starting to record this later than we normally do, and for us a, a Star Trek pod, which is usually pretty lengthy, that's that's a dangerous, it's a dangerous move.
0: I mean, we are looking at the possibility of wrapping up this recording session at like 11pm, so that's not amazing.
2: Alright, well that makes us sound like babies, because I don't think a lot of people consider it that late. I we was going to let people use their imagination.
0: We old... And we have jobs and shit.
2: That's true. And you literally, I think, just just stopped doing yours for one minute to do this, so. I
0: did. I was, I, literally, I had a conference call, and then I had a short conference call with someone else, and then I just closed my laptop, so. Yeah. We're cool for now. All
2: right, dog, well, let's jump in then. We got lots
3: to say.
0: Cool. So, uh, going in our traditional order, the the first episode we watched this week was Arena. Now, Matt, it's my favorite bit in Deep Space Nine to announce that you just heard the best part of the episode. Mm.
2: Um, yeah,
0: it's there's a possibility that that was the best part of this episode.
2: Yeah, after when we're done, um, I think you will see that it's it's the kind of episode that actually didn't score that badly on my rubric. But I did not enjoy it even a little. Which is very surprising, because it seems like this is a classic Star Trek episode that everyone remembers and talks about. But it's more just for the bit. It's just for the bit.
0: I mean, there no, there's exactly one interesting part of this. It's the only interesting part of the episode. It doesn't make any sense in context, actually. Yep. I mean, the whole episode sets it up, but, but we'll get to it. Um... But yeah, no, I had the same feeling. I was like, all right, here comes here comes classic Star Trek. Well,
2: uh, why don't we talk about what the hell happened on this thing? Uh, all right. So, <clears throat> uh, uh, right. so they're going to visit Commodore... What's his name? There's so many Commodores in this show.
0: A lot of Commodores. But considering there's um, only
2: four starships, why do they got like ten Commodores? I don't really get it.
0: Um, it's a good question. We've never seen... And this is a thing that we basically won't ever see, but we never see fleet movements... Every ship in Star Trek is basically, a, operates as a cruiser.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, that's true. Just and on not, detached not in the duty, modern, doing their not own in thing. Not in the
0: modern definition of a cruiser. I mean, since World War II, cruisers have basically been on fleet duty also. Yeah. But but yes, in the older definition of a cruiser, just on detached duty, not acting as part of a flotilla or a squadron or anything.
2: Yeah. There is no fleet movement at all, un- yeah. un- unless it's a special circumstance in TNG, until Deep Space Nine, when they're just at war. So... Yes. Uh, alright, anyway, so they're going to visit Commodore What's-His-Name on Cestus 3, um, and when they get there, they beam down, oh, turns out that guy wasn't there at all, there was a fake message being transmitted, uh, cause the whole fucking colony was destroyed by some yep. unknown force. After a weird firefight where Kirk does some serpentine shit down on the planet,
3: uh... He
0: does, plus also, by the way, a great getting blown up.
3: <laughs> yes, yep.
0: Uh, when that mortar goes off next to him and he does that whole, like, back shoulder roll.
3: Mmm. Mmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, some good stuff. Uh, they Anyway, they find an alien ship uh, in orbit and they chase it around some. Uh, on the chase, they get intercepted by, guess what? A, a super advanced being that is here to pass judgment on everybody.
0: Oh, but Matt, we haven't had one of those in one week.
2: Yeah, yes. Um and the super advanced being says, "Hey, Captain of you alien ship, Captain Enterprise, you're gonna duke it out on this planet, and uh, that'll that'll prove who the winner is of this contest." Oh, uh, and
0: also we're gonna blow the loser up. So stakes.
2: Yeah, that's right. Uh. Anyway, so the what ends up being the Gorn captain, a big old really cheesy lizardy dude. And Kirk got to go at it on this planet, and uh, they're, like, improvising weapons and shit. Anyway, Kirk wins in the end, and he doesn't kill the Gorn, and everyone, uh, and so the alien's like, Oh, you did the right thing. You didn't kill that guy. There's hope for you yet. And then uh, that was the end of the episode.
0: Oh, and also, by the way, Hmm. they do offer to kill the Gorn.
2: (laughs) Yeah, if you want me to, I'll kill him for you. Is what the super advanced aliens, the Metrons, is that what they're called?
0: The Metrons. Uh, By the way, they didn't give the Gorn the opportunity to show mercy, either. I guess when he had Kirk under that rock, they were like, alright, he was gonna stab him, for sure.
2: (laughs) Yes, and maybe they could anticipate that the Gorn was dumb enough to pick the rock up off of him before he tried to stab him. Yeah. Anyway. Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
2: What was this ass episode about?
0: Alright, so... I guess that the message of this episode is mercy and understanding are more advanced than hatred and vengeance.
2: I agreed entirely. I had mercy as the surest sign of enlightenment.
0: Yep. And I think if we check in with Ben, uh, fighting is not the best way to resolve differences. I guess that's... it's in the same arena.
2: I see what you did there. It's in the same arena. Uh, that was a mistake. You're talking about arena football because you're excited about arena football. What's a
0: mistake I than it. I did? Um, So yeah, I mean, Mer- mercy's good. Is the take? Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with that take. It's a very Star Trek take, but it's it's pretty. So what? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like,
2: yeah, I gave it. I gave
0: it a three. Okay.
2: <laughs> wow. I gave it bonus points for being real on the nose and easy for me to pick off. Because I've gotten to the point where it nothing makes me less happy than ending an episode and going, So what the fuck was this? Well, that is true. Uh, so I gave it seven for being a solid... Holy shit! A solid Star Trek take that was easy to to figure out and get behind. And you know what? Honestly, in the context of this show, where Spock is shoot first, and... I don't know, a lot of them are shoot first, and even in this episode, Kirk had lots of opportunities not to try to wail on this Gorn, and he was just going at it, like, only in the last minute does he go, oh yeah, nah, I guess I shouldn't kill him. I won't do it. Yeah. Um, I felt like that was, that was probably something for the 60s, right? I don't know.
0: Okay, so how does it affect your thinking at all? Because I think this is one of the reasons why I didn't give it uh, three, that... We already know that it is a char- characteristic of Kirk to show mercy because he goes back to rescue Baylock and that yeah. it's basically this same action is what convinces Baylock that Kirk is civilized.
2: No, it's true and not only that, remember the one with the terrible actors and the and the 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 butcher of yeah planet yes. whatever and then in the end yes. he's like ah, oh, he's just a sad old man
0: whatever. You, I mean, you mean kodos the execution i can't ex- believe you couldn't remember that name that's <laughs> one of the best science fiction names ever
2: made i just call them sad old actor man i don't remember um
0: an arcturian macbeth
2: yes which i that is fascinating to this day it remains yes. fascinating to see that uh yeah no i think you're right it's not necessarily super new
3: so,
0: I, I'm actually thinking about it, I, I think I may have gone too harsh on this take with my score of three, because frankly, when someone says to you that Star Trek is doing the classic science fiction takes, I mean, one of them that you that you're definitely think of when you someone says that sentence is, racism is bad.
2: Yes, yep. And that's
0: not a more sophisticated take than mercy is good.
2: Yeah, and specifically- But it is more
0: of its era.
2: Yeah, and specifically that it's, um, it's a hallmark of enlightened society.
0: Yeah, you know what? I, God, I, I don't want to give this episode that many more points, but I think you've talked me all the way up to a
3: five.
2: It's fine, because you talked me down to a six. Okay. When you pointed <laughs> well, out how it's not still, novel it was.
0: It still picked up a point. Yeah. Um, but it, basically, Kirk behaves exactly as you'd expect him to behave, which I guess means that I'll probably have to give it another point for characterization.
3: Mm, we
2: shall see. First. Later execution i'll jump in here in terms of plot mechanics babylon 5 did it better in that probe episode tng did it better in the last outpost mm-hmm. um you know in the babylon 5 one with the probe uh the the probe is really trying to trick them and if they get all the answers right to prove how enlightened they are th- that's when they get killed yes oh which by the way sheridan just does on a, he figures that out on a whim
1: well,
0: he he. What he does is he Cisco's it from that episode, <laughs> from, where everything was in everybody's mind. Yes. <laughs> and, and Cisco just comes to that realization,
3: absent of any Guys, proof, and just it just insists all on it in our heads.
2: <laughs> and they're like, "You're right. I don't. I'm not detecting any kind of spatial radiation or whatever." And in, then, oh, the no, whole, whole station blew up because no one did anything. That's
0: in red I'm dwarf, this station would have blown up. Yes.
2: Uh, and in the last outpost, obviously, when they're down there with the portal and they're they're fighting over the favor of the portal, and the the decision Riker makes is not not to act or whatever, like that kind yeah. of thing.
0: By the way, can I say that the last outpost does this a lot better?
2: Yes. So that was my that was my main point that this is not the best version of this plot that we have already seen so far, and obviously, Babylon Five did it better. I I always have to say it. Um. So, look, Kirk eventually comes to realize that even though uh, he has lots of reasons to kill this Gorn... Uh,
0: I mean, such as his his entire ship is at stake.
2: Yeah, revenge, justice, to win the Metron game, whatever. Uh, The right thing to do is to spare him. And the, the best thing about this episode is that it raised questions about what your enemy believes about you, and seeing things from the other side's point of view. Because... You know, while they're on the ship and they're able to see everything that's happening, McCoy and Spock are having this philosophical conversation about, you know, well, maybe we are the aggressors just through the very act of colonization. What, what if they see us as the aggressors and all this stuff, which yes. I think was good for the 60s. I think they needed to hear that. Um, as much as I love these old action scenes, they are pretty terrible. Yes. Kirk just straight takes a break from avoiding mortar blasts and doing flips and shit to very calmly talk to Sulu on the communicator. Like, using a, a regular conversational inside voice.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely.
2: And uh, all the Gorn stuff was funny, but very bad. It just alternated between, like, extremely dull as the Gorn, as we get 15 <coughs> scene tracking scenes of the Gorn slowly sneaking up on him. Uh, and then silly to the point of laughing out loud when they're fighting and stuff.
0: So, um, I mean, this is... I guess as we're talking about execution. This is a fair place to talk about this. D- did you feel like the uh, guy in the Gorn suit couldn't see?
2: He not only could he not see, dude, he couldn't bend his legs and shit.
0: Yeah. He couldn't do anything. his up-close fighting with Kirk, his hand-to-hand fighting with Kirk, is slower than I have ever seen anything. <laughs> he takes such slow, deliberate swings and... And Kirk moves out of the way so slowly, it's just it's just awful, and I'm sure it was just because he couldn't see.
2: Did they write that into the script, then, after watching the guy in the suit? Because at one point, Kirk says that he has an advantage in agility that he's going to use against this lizard man. When he's talking into his communicator that he thinks some <laughs> f- they left him a diary? What's wrong with him? By
0: By the way, that is on Kirk. Because the guy specifically says we've given you translator recorders. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it records stuff for posterity. But, hey, hey, did you hear that translator
2: part? Dude, I think I have it in my quick hitters. But I loved watching the Gorn look at his communicator as Kirk is just explaining all of his thoughts and emotions and feelings and everything. Like, what is this dumbass doing?
0: Yeah, Kirk fucks the dog on that. But, I mean, it's not like he had a lot of time to think about that setup. He might have missed that part.
2: Maybe, like... Why He's is just, his impulse to record his diary, though?
0: In the hopes that somebody might someday stumble upon it.
2: That's fucking ridiculous. Um, he,
0: also, he doesn't know that the, they're projecting it up onto the ship.
2: I, I get it. I just, I, I would not be thinking in that situation, I'd better record my thoughts and feelings. I'd be, I'd be thinking, I gotta find a way to kill this Gorn. Anyway.
0: He does a, it is a real bad job. Also, by the way, in terms of episodes that did it better, Darmok does it better. It's a different story. Yeah. But it,
2: I mean. Oh, of like an alien captain meeting an alien right. captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But, you know, Picard refusing to fight and attempting to talk. The, they both, like the guy said, they're translators. At no point does Kirk attempt to talk to the Gorn. No. Sort of even after he figures out that the Gorn can hear him.
2: Even after the Gorn talks to him, he's he doesn't try to, like, work it out with him. He's just like, I'm trying to, to find a way to club this dude to death or something.
0: Hey, you know, the real enemy here is the Metrons or any of that. What did you end up giving it for your execution score?
2: Just to to finish up, finally Kirk exclaiming everything the crew on the ship had been considering in that last scene on the planet, where he says all of the stuff that McCoy and Spock have been saying on the bridge uh, about how maybe they're the aggressors or whatever. (laughs) And all that cheese. That was was the final bit of cheese for me. Uh, And then the alien entity judging humanity was already tiresome in season one of TOS how many more of these things we're going to have to watch. Um, I gave it a five because of... uh, I thought they did some good stuff about considering the enemy's point of view, but it was not a well-made episode.
0: Yeah. Uh, I thought... I thought the big problem here is Act 1 and Act 2, Kirk. Mm. He's very over-the-top aggressive.
2: Yeah, he wants to murder them.
0: And it feels like it's for pure plot reasons. Like... They don't set up that, like, he had a bunch of friends on Cestus Three, or they killed Ruth down there, <laughs> that or that they weren't particularly barbaric about what they'd done. He wants them dead in a way that we haven't seen since his weird fucking around with Kodos. Yeah. But then, I don't know, like, there was a secretive element to that. And, and again, we do get bloodthirsty... Sp- well, I guess we don't get bloodthirsty Spock so much, but he does eventually agree that... If this is an invasion threat, they do have to stop the Gorn from getting back and saying, "Hey, we wipe this planet out hella easy."
2: Yeah, Spock is usually for taking taking the military solution that needs to be right.
0: taken. I guess that's what's logical yeah. to him. Um, but yeah, I felt like Kirk is out of character at the beginning.
3: Mm-hmm. In order to have him have a hang a
0: lampshade on his act of mercy at the end. Um, so that sucked. Uh, I mean, like you, not even the last time an advanced alien will interfere with a Starfleet conflict in this series.
2: Oh yeah, no, dog, we've already seen it multiple times in this season of this show. Like,
0: but I mean, like specifically, the Organians are going to interfere with the Klingon Federation War mm-hmm. in basically the same way.
2: They just only came up with the one plot, I think. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's a co- it's the Cold War, right? It's the Cold War, but they don't want to do nuclear weapons as the deterrent. Mm. I don't know.
2: Although, some of those fucking uh, mortars that they shot looked kind of thermonuclear. Yeah, that's true.
0: It's crazy. Uh, also, we just saw the much, much better episode, Balance of Terror, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And the setup for this episode is real similar. Yeah. Earth Outposts getting attacked, they have to stop this ship before it gets home. Yeah. It's Very true, it's like similar.
2: they took a bunch of Season 1 TOS episodes and just threw them into a bag and said, we got another one!
0: There was basically one one part of this execution that I liked, which is that, once again, they go to the trouble of explaining why the crew can watch the TV show.
2: I know. I've never seen this in any show, but now I've seen it twice in TOS, where it's like, the crew can see what's happening and they don't just go, I don't know, they can see it, it's fine.
0: It's like there's got to be somebody and maybe it's Roddenberry who's like, but they wouldn't be able to see it like that. Well, they wouldn't see that crane shot.
2: More people need to take that point of view because it's uh, never would explained you... to us why sometimes there's like film footage like, or log footage that includes like all of the same shots that we saw in all the different yep. camera angles yep. or like a flashback that shows like Riker's having a flashback, but you can see Riker and it's like, why is he looking at himself in the flashback?
3: Yep.
0: Yep. No, I mean, it's like the cl- I mean, uh, the next generation violates this halfway through episode one. That's right. When record lands up on the battle bridge and just watches the in part one of Encounter at Far Point. <laughs> That's
2: exactly right. That's what I was thinking about that.
0: <laughs> Stay um, where so that hard. I gave them a point for that, but uh, I mean, you know, it brought it all the way up to four total points. All
2: right. Um. Yeah. So we're not far off, but... but- I've been a little bit more generous on the on the front half.
0: Well, you have, but you also scraped two extra points out of me for the take.
2: Um, you know what? We'll see if it's uh, enough. We'll see if it's enough for them to win the week.
0: By the way, Ben thought they executed this at a seven. Dang! Rumble. Yeah. Uh, he said that he was at least as interested in the Gorn as in Kirk, so he thought that was interesting.
2: Well, and, I was uh, interested in the Gorn the way that you were, where I was trying to figure out what the guy inside him was was what experience he was having.
0: There's um there's a ton of stuff about the guy that doesn't make any sense. Like uh and by the way, they won't do this again like when the Klingons come on scene. But like, why is he wearing basically a loincloth? Yeah. He is the captain of a powerful starship.
2: This is the question I asked about the Kazon not that
3: long ago.
0: They were firing mortars and shit. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Why is he in a sparkly-ass loincloth, no shoes? I mean, I know he's got lizard feet, but he should have lizard shoes. <laughs> yeah, lizard.
2: They, the lizard people would have developed lizard shoes. Sometimes they step on thorns or whatever.
0: Or just dog shit.
2: Yeah, I'm just, yeah.
0: Yes. Do you know what I mean? Uh, He knows how to uh nap Flint into a knife. I mean, I think it was obsidian, but you know what I mean. Right. He knows how to make a knife out of obsidian. That's kind of caveman technology that you wouldn't necessarily expect a starship captain to have. Maybe Picard because of his interest in archaeology.
2: Mm, I wonder.
0: Um, and I'd... It's, you know, you don't want to talk shit about about the uh, costumes and props of the era, but my god, that costume is very bad.
2: It's really... V- it doesn't take you out of it. You never, you never get into it. There's never that's, a point that's right. where you're in.
0: That's right. It's not like oh, uh, you could see, you could see the foam rubber crease in a way that flesh doesn't. So that <laughs> took me out of it. It's like oh, that costume is poor.
2: That's maybe the worst costume. It's so bad. It's worse than any random Halloween costume of a lizard person.
0: As, but it's like I try not to dock execution points for shit like that. Uh, and that's not what I didn't like about this episode. I, particularly, I just think that the you know they made everyone behave dumb at the beginning to show something at the end, and I hate that.
2: I just thought it was boring. I, just, I was really bored.
0: Oh, it's by the way, it's extremely boring. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of shots of just Kurt climbing Vasquez rocks.
2: Yeah, they were really uh, happy with the scenery. Yeah. Uh, what'd you have for uh, world building on this, Mufao?
0: World building. Oh, that's Ben's notes. World building. Um, hey, by the way, here we get another reference to space normal speed. I, I remember and that. Had that in Galileo 7. Uh, Enterprise is the only protection in this area of space, but it is kind of the far reaches.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: okay, so the idea that Warp 7 and above are pretty bad news, are pretty hard on the ship.
2: Yes, yeah, so specifically what the what kind of the limits are and how long you can fly at them and stuff right. like that was interesting. Yeah.
0: No one, no one is pleased when Kirk orders them to go to Warp 8. <laughs>
2: Everyone looks around like, this guy's fucking nuts. Like, th-
0: did he say 8?
2: We don't even Shut. have that on our instruments. We've got the light that that lights a different color if you go backwards in time. <laughs> but we do not have a Warp 8 on our monitor.
0: My thing only goes to 7. Uh, the Metrons, but who cares. The Gorn. I don't know if we'll ever see a Gorn again in any series. I, I wonder if this costume was so bad that they were just like, well... What are we going to do?
2: Yeah, the Gorn might be like the most famous one-off aliens.
3: Yeah. Uh,
0: and uh, also, uh, for some reason in the future, they teach explosive recipes in basic chemistry class.
2: I don't... yeah, it doesn't seem like a good idea.
0: Yeah. Um, I gave it a four for world building. The, really, the only good work that they did there is with the sort of the warp speeds.
2: Yeah. Uh, Cestus three. That sounded familiar to me, so I looked it up. Uh, That's where the Pike City Pioneers play baseball. Uh, In DS9.
0: No, so I guess it works out in the end for Sesta 3. I guess
2: they rebuild a colony there. (laughs) Um, uh, Reconstituted Meals, I guess, is what they eat there, because they're super happy to be going to Commodore Travis? Yeah. I don't remember. Travers?
0: Yeah, he rates a personal chef.
2: Yeah, so they don't, they're like, no more reconstituted meals! Um, awful lot of Commodores out there. Uh, the Gorn are cold-blooded, just like Earth Lizards.
0: Oh, by the way, it's a super awful lot of Commodores when you consider that Starfleet apparently also has the intermediate rank of Fleet Captain.
2: Yeah, I don't know why they got so many Command Ranks for so few fucking Command Assignments.
0: Yeah, it does seem like it, some interesting staffing decisions must have been made to for that to make any kind of sense to anyone.
2: In the space future, can a Commodore in, just command star bases? Because that's all they seem to do.
0: Well, so the word Commodore is problematic, right? Because the way we use it now, it is a title and not a rank.
2: Right. It's just for commanding a flotilla or whatever, right? It is
0: the senior captain in a squadron. Yeah. It has historically also been the uh, f- first flag rank in some navies,
3: right.
0: including the United States, mm. and there was a brief period in the United States, in my lifetime, when the one star flag rank was actually called Commodore Admiral.
2: Ugh, that's a terrible idea.
0: Uh, which is, I guess, was to distinguish that this we mean this kind of Commodore, which is a flag officer, and right. not just the senior captain in a squadron. So well, anyway, every time we see them, presumably if if Commodore is just the name of their first flag rank, which is nice because Rear Admiral upper and lower half is very bad, right? Then, then there could be a Commodore in charge of a a, an installation somewhere, but presumably he's just on that installation and he's in charge of that sector or whatever.
2: Mm, Right, right, right. Um. Let's see, Kirk's mortars looked thermonuclear. Did you see that? He, like, shot a uh, mortar, and, like, the whole sky lit up, and it was very frightening.
0: Yes, uh, and he was shooting at a target roughly a mile away, yeah. and everyone was like, that's pretty close.
2: Yeah, so his, he was firing some intense shit back at those So cars.
0: those little blue balls that the Gungans are gonna use <laughs> yep. in the Phantom Menace <laughs> yes. uh, turn out to be pretty powerful.
2: In fact, they were so powerful that as soon as he shoots that one, they flee. They get on their ship and run away.
0: Yeah, I guess they didn't... I am not i wasn't sure... Oh, this if dude they, brought fucking nukes! I wasn't clear if they survived that explosion, but we're like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not gonna win this with our conventional, if not low-powered mortars. If
2: we brought some pussy shit that kept landing right next oh. to Kirk and he was just doing flips out of the oh, way. We oh,
0: we just got squibs. Oh, we got his squibs. <laughs> yes. These guys are... These fuckers are lighting up the sky, and I'm betting that's not the only one of those he had.
2: Yep, he had a whole tray of them. He um, had eight, he had eight
0: of them, and just I mean, not in any kind of protection.
2: No, what if a mortar landed right there?
0: There wasn't even a padlock on that shit. That would have
2: been bad news.
0: What if he just clinked two of them together or something? <laughs> Presumably, they have some kind of fuse.
2: We'll never know because I doubt we'll ever see his space mortars again.
0: No, wh- well, they're too powerful. Like
2: it was messed up. Uh, when was, I saw, again, when I saw the fucking sheet lightning across the sky, I went, "Yeah, I don't know if I'm into this weapon." Uh, like you said, space normal speed. Enterprise literally the only thing protecting this vast region of space. Build more ships, dummies. Um, and then, yeah, the warp speeds. Uh, Metrons, Gorns, and all that good stuff. Uh, I actually gave it a five. Mm, I feel fine. Five's fine. Five's not a good score. I Sometimes I have to remind myself that I'm not giving good scores. They just feel good compared to what we normally I mean,
0: everything's think. on a curve, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Did you feel any better or worse about the characterization?
2: Mm, I gave it a four. So, you know, you got some banter leading off the show with the big three commenting on Commodore Travers' famous hospitality. McCoy and Spock already sparring and Shat just smiling and having a grand old time. You know, I-, I come for that. That's good. I like that. Uh, Kirk, extremely calm in his description of Cestus Three, after he sees it in ruins. He just calmly says into the communicator, Cestus 3 has been destroyed. Uh, Kirk really plays along with this Metron game. Like, yeah, I'm going to kill that lizard fool. I feel like Picard would have refused to participate.
0: 100%.
2: We know Riker would because of the last outpost.
0: Yep. And Picard doesn't want to take the knife in Darmok either. Right. It's the same shit. Uh,
2: And eventually, sparing Mr. Gorn completes Kirk's little one-episode arc. I'm also criticizing it for what you were saying earlier, that he was kind of out of character, real aggressive in the first part of this episode. Um, by seeing what's happening on the arena planet, McCoy and Spock begin to question whether their colonization of the stars is an aggressive act in and of itself. I gave most of the points for that in execution, because uh, I thought that was a cool point of view to put into the episode. They actually didn't have much to do with this episode at all. No, They didn't really do anything. And uh,
0: Spock explains a little bit of what's happening to people, but actually not that much.
2: Yeah, him him explaining what's happening on the screen, I'm not going to give characterization points for. Yeah. Uh, except, I mean, I was a little bit... I was uh, amused by him watching Kirk and going, he's almost got it now. Yes, Captain. Yes. You're figuring it out. <laughs> it's yep. like, relax, dude. I don't want to watch anything with Spock. Um, But they weren't really in it, and Kirk was super uh, shitty for a lot of this episode, so that's why I'd only rated it a four.
0: Uh, well, I also had it at a four. Um, I mean, here's what I wrote. Remember last week when I thought the message was anti-war? Mm. Well, here comes Bloodthirsty Kirk for plot reasons. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it was interesting, but not necessarily good characterization that McCoy is so willing to think that the Federation could be in the wrong. When the Gorn, A, killed everyone on that planet. Yeah,
2: they murdered everybody.
0: And B, laid a weird trap for the Enterprise.
2: It's true, you're right. They didn't even just kill everyone. They, yeah. again, laid a trap for the Enterprise, and then they reason that out to think maybe it, it means an invasion.
0: They didn't kill everyone and then plant a flag and picket the planet. Right. And when the Enterprise showed up, we're like, this is our planet get out of our space. No, they sent a weird trap message and then another one when the Enterprise showed up so that they could get everyone down there and kill them too.
2: Dude, how familiar are the Gorn with humans that they were able to do that really good Commodore Traffer's impression?
0: Well, we've seen Spock do it.
2: Oh, he just be yeah, able some tapes around. You All
0: know? you need is to stick the right tapes into the computer, mm. and presumably once they had control of the planet, there, there must have been some surviving Federation computers.
3: Mm, right, right, right.
0: So, but, you know, w- they must have had some sharp engineers, I would guess, some sharp computer guys, but, again, they built a whole starship that was at least as powerful as the Enterprise.
2: Yeah, they're just not good at walking and stuff.
0: Yeah. I would imagine that they have... Um, well laid out workstations that are are very efficient.
2: <laughs> they don't want to have to go from place to place.
0: I just turn. They don't seem to be able to turn their heads independent of their necks. You know, so it's like.
2: Ooh, I bet they wear cool helmets with awesome heads up displays.
0: That's probably. I would. Yeah, heads up display would make things a lot easier for them. I think.
3: Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, like I said, I have four for characterization. Ben agrees. He gave them uh, fours on the back end. So, you know, he gave it a 19 total. I'm going to add ours up. Oh, shit. But uh, maybe you That's noticed it. some things and want to speak about them.
2: Yeah, I mean, a few. Um, Hey, when is Kirk recording these goddamn logs? Uh, Another yeah. present tense log from the planet's surface. Yeah. Why are you taking the time? I know, okay, and then it's confirmed because we see him later just start recording logs in front of that Gorn. So he just loves to record everything that's happening at all times.
0: It's always a voice log, too. Yeah. He's like a Norm MacDonald character who's note always taking note to self.
2: Uh, Spock picks up some impulses on the planet, which I guess he, he means life signs. I haven't heard him. I haven't heard anybody say that before. Yep. Um, oh, shit, dude. Sulu's in charge. This is some arsenal of freedom shit.
0: Uh, it's not the first time they've left Sulu in charge. I think Sulu is definitely the go-to guy, and we learn in this episode that Sulu has combat experience, and Spock uh, considers him capable.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm just saying, specifically, they were down on the planet, he was up in orbit, and he was shooting at an un, an unknown assailant. And I was like, aw, yep. oh, dog. This is getting me so in the mood for Arsenal of Freedom.
0: Oh, for sure. Again, it's a better episode. I mean, I don't think we mentioned that it's a better episode. It's better It does one. have... By the way, this episode, uh, I guess, was the inspiration for, like, every TNG episode, because in Arsenal of Freedom, yep. they sort of beam down to the planet on false pretenses,
3: yep.
0: right? Yep. That, that that program causes them to beam down instead of a trap laid by the Gorn. Uh, we already talked about, uh, oh, I was going to say that in Allegiance, Picard refuses to play that game instead mm-hmm. of uh, continuing to, to do that, so that's definitely evidence that he would have done that. Uh, last outpost you talked about. Anyway.
2: No, for sure. bits
0: and pieces of this get stolen.
2: Yeah, uh, a lot of the time we criticize some of the later shows for ripping off TNG, but uh, we've seen a few times recently TNG ripping off TOS, so. Yep. Uh, Let's see. Serpentine Shad is back. He was doing some real good Serpentine running. Not quite as good as that first episode. He didn't do the thing where it looked like his legs were little toothpicks. That's my favorite thing, but it was pretty good. Um, let's see. Sulu after he gets off the phone with Kirk just punches like some random th- some random buttons on his console. Now, I know they always do it, but he looked especially uninterested in what buttons he was pushing. <laughs> like the actor was just like bloop 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 bloop. Yep. The only time scene.
0: he's it's ever looked like what he did corresponded to something in the real world was uh, one of those times that the helmsman was losing his shit, and Sulu just, like, eventually had to lean over and push his button (laughs) for him. (laughs) That's
2: right. And he does it real gingerly, like, "Uh, I'll push this one, I'ma push this one. But in this one, if we had been watching together, I would have rewound that, because it was preposterous what he did after he got off the phone.
0: I Um, mean, this is what every action in the next generation looks like, right? Once they move to L-cars, it's just... Just try to make your finger hit one of the colored buttons.
2: Right. Uh, I already mentioned I loved watching that Gorn, his facial reaction shot with his no expression, watching his communicator as Kirk transmits his <laughs> dumb Dear Diary, Dear Diary entry.
0: Yeah, it's a good Mr. Met moment.
2: Yeah. He's like, humans are dumb. Um, that scene. That scene where he tried to drop the boulder on the Gorn from up above.
0: Mm hmm. And we got oh, the... why say try? He completely succeeded. And
2: we got, like, the sudden reaction zoom on the Gorn's face. Yeah. It was so priceless. Yep, was real good. Again, not capable of making a facial reaction, but they I still went I got a lot of
0: cinematography notes this week, <laughs> but you're right about that one.
2: Hey, does the Gorn need to hiss and growl at all times? Because it really lets Kirk get the drop on him.
0: I mean, that's probably his language. He just wasn't doing it into that uh, Norelco razor, so <laughs> Kirk couldn't tell what he was saying. He right? also
2: has a habit of talking to himself.
0: He talks to himself, but at least he figured out that the thing was a translation device. <laughs>
2: Uh, why did the Gorn have to move the boulder to stab
0: Kirk? He did not, and he should not have. Yep. Uh, I mean, his movement is very limited. Maybe he'll—he's willing to do anything it takes in order to get an easier stab. <laughs> but Since this it, looks, that looks that too complicated.
2: This—this uh, this boulder's really in the way.
0: I'm gonna have to bend over, and I don't bend real good. But it was definitely a misplay on his part, for sure.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: the Gorn straight calls him Earthling. I don't know if that was, like, just what the translator decided, or if this was some real Martian shit, but... Here is
0: my thought about this, uh... The fucking Metrons told him, told the Enterprise that that guy was the Gorn. Oh. So they probably told the Gorn that these are Earthlings.
2: Uh, I see. I didn't know that was still something that people said in the future, but apparently that's what the Metrons say then.
0: I mean, there are no other aliens on the Enterprise except for Spock, so...
2: Um, that's pretty much all I had, just a lot of cheesiness.
0: Uh Did you um did you catch the dialogue monster in this episode? It's well, right at it's right at the beginning when they're in the transporter room. Wh-
2: wh- which one?
0: When Kirk says to McCoy, rank has its privileges, and McCoy says right back to him. How well we both know that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's not which, good that's not good banter?
0: Which by the way is perfectly fine, it's just not McCoy.
2: No, one what advantage is McCoy talking about?
0: That's right, he's oh, he's the ship's surgeon.
2: And also, that is a very... I think his rank
0: is commander, but no one has said it at this point.
2: That is also a very cheesy, dumb way to say that.
0: How well we both know that. I
2: agree with the thing that you said.
0: It's like It's a perhaply haply thing to say. But it's it's like the kind of dialogue that uh, Riker would use if he was uh, trying trying to ingratiate himself to his alien captor. Like, I know he doesn't oh, yeah. say that in Gambit, but it's that kind of thing.
2: Yes, he would He would give a Riker smile. Yes. And say, oh, well, we both know that. And the guy would go, "This Riker guy's all right.
0: But uh, but McCoy's not trying anything, so that's just a weird thing to say.
2: Yeah. I didn't catch uh, that, but that's great.
0: Oh, Herlihy?
2: Uh-huh. Uh,
0: <clears throat> that dude got wasted from a mile out. The yeah. Gorn were fifteen hundred and seventy yards away.
2: He didn't make it. Uh, he got
0: vaporized by those guys.
2: Well, I mean, for five
0: feet in front of Kirk. And by the way, they never shot a beam weapon again. So,
2: yeah, that was pretty dumb because they had some success with that one.
0: Because they hit that guy from far away. So I don't know if their sniper was like, "Well, I'm not going to be able to do that again."
2: <laughs> He's like, "I got to quit while well I'm ahead." That was it, guys.
0: <laughs> I wasted that guy from a mile away.
2: Uh yeah, I mean, because they're pretty good with their mortar shots. Like they're landing all around Kirk. But uh, but yeah, the, the beam weapon was pretty good.
0: Yeah, uh, those grenades are not safe. I wrote. I think we've covered that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uhura's scream when Kirk gets transported off the ship, uh, I thought was as bad as Spock shouting the women.
2: <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> but nothing's right. really ever that good. <laughs> the women.
0: Uh, I enjoyed Kirk's self-awareness about his revulsion in the face of the Gorn. Like, like most humanoid, like most humans, I find I have an instinctive revulsion to reptiles.
3: You know, I've never read a thing
2: about reptiles.
0: Yeah, reptiles don't bother me either, but I've never been faced with one that's quite like that. No. Um, Kirk's not wearing his usual Cuban heel boots.
2: Oh, good, they got him into his action boots
0: yep they uh they lace up nice and they have uh like a weird wedge, so I guess he didn't want to lose the height
2: it's <laughs> still important too got
0: kind- of, it kind of looked like wrestling shoes with a wedge sole, but I guess they weren't gonna have him scrambling around that boulder in those uh in those boots he always wears well, he does so you can see a lot stunts. of his you can see a lot of his socks under his bell bottoms, which was weird
2: he does a lot of his own stunts, I guess they didn't want to risk it,
0: yep. Uh, way to go on that million-to-one shot with that boulder.
2: Seriously, he lined it up perfect.
0: Well, yeah, we it bounced like five times on the way down, so, like...
2: And the gorge just looks up!
0: That can't be the first boulder he's pushed. Oh, no! Uh, I thought these Metrons are easily impressed. Yeah. Because they go from, you're you are both savages and we will destroy you, too. You have shown the advanced trait of mercy. Uh, And then after they throw them 1,500 light years away, uh, Kirk orders them back to Cestus 3 at Warp Warp 1. So by the time they get back there, they'll be ready to meet the Metrons, because it's it's going to take us some time. Come back in
2: some thousands of years. And I mean, don't do anything in the interim. Just, I'll shoot you far away, and then you come right back.
0: You can listen to some light music. Light music. Music. Yeah, there was nothing a harder than the girl from Ipanema.
2: That was a pretty standard end of the episode. Warp one.
0: Yep, a typical Star Trek-y warp one. Yeah.
2: Uh, well, I
3: think I. Oh, be and Ben thinks
0: you. it's not credible that you can mix up gunpowder by hand. Did we not mention that? By the way, that Kirk builds a cannon well, out of bamboo and diamonds and gun and gunpowder that he makes mortar and pestle style on the surface.
2: This is one of the things that I worry about is it, it, if the people at home are listening and not watching, they're going to have problems.
0: We... That, this, this is the specific scene that we said is the thing that makes this an iconic episode. Yeah. Is Kirk putting together gunpowder with sulfur and potassium nitrate and coal.
2: While Spock watches and, at home going, yes. He yes. makes a
0: little makes a little fuse out of a strip of his pants, which I don't think should be flammable.
2: <laughs> You're not the right pants, my friend.
0: And uh, and shoots the gorn all full of diamonds, and then's like I won't kill you, without knowing, by the way, if all of those diamonds embedded in the guy are going to be fatal.
2: Yeah, he might die anyway, dude. It he might may be have life. done the job. Um. Uh,
0: also, he definitely pushes the point of that knife into the gorn enough to draw blood.
2: Yeah, he starts to give him a good
0: stab. It comes up bloody. Uh. So yeah, that's the. <laughs> That's the iconic scene. We do a bad job of that and it's because we don't want to spend 20 minutes describing the fucking episode.
2: Well, also it's like if you're not if you didn't watch the episodes, you're going to have a hard time with this show. That's true. Like I, I would like to explain all of the fun bits, but if they don't come up directly in my in my criteria, it's like, man, if you didn't watch this, you're going what are you even watching? Or what are you even listening to? Well, Touch <laughs> people describe an episode that you haven't seen.
0: I mean, it's true, but there are some podcasts that I do that for. So like uh I listen to the Star Wars Minute podcast. I don't rewatch Star Wars right before it happens, you know.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, but I've seen it. Anyone who has seen this episode will of course remember, even yes. if they saw it long ago, that he builds a diamond gun. Yeah. yeah. Uh
0: in the end, you talked me all the way up to 17 points. Oh, hey. And I talked you all the way down to 20 points.
2: Hey, what's happening?
0: So the total is 37. I gave the best actor uh, to Spock, but there are not many competitors for it in this episode. Dr. McCoy, of course, uh, showed himself out of the contest with that, how well we both know that line. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but I actually gave worst actor to the Metron. And I don't know if they didn't give him a good brief. They're just like, I don't know, be Apollo. And he's like, what the fuck?
2: What is that? You mean like the, like the god?
0: What are you talking about? Yeah,
2: yeah, just... Uh... Yeah,
0: the god Apollo, that's what we're going for.
2: Do that, whatever that means we're to gonna, you.
0: We're gonna put you in a toga and sandals, so
2: make you look real pretty.
0: We're gonna put a lot of makeup on he you. He
2: was a very pretty boy.
0: Uh, yeah, so I gave him worst actor, and um, uh, but surprisingly, uh, Ben gave best actor to Gorn.
2: Um, ha- but for his voice, I don't know. I, I don't know what he did. Yep. All right.
0: It's a good question.
2: Uh okay so 37 that's not so it's bad. It's not bad. And that's it's actually not bad. That's what I meant. I it scored well on my rubric. It kind of like checked some boxes, but I was watching it all going, "Wow, this is a really bad episode. Just so bad."
0: Uh I mean TOS has the highest average scores. It has uh 1 2 3 4 5 6 eight episodes, nine episodes lower than a 37. Yeah. So this is the 10th best TOS episode. So it's around the of middle. 18. Yeah. That's fine. So They score the highest. The, the average prior to this week for TOS was 35.8 per episode. Mm-hmm. So again, turns out uh, even though uh, this episode was hokey and boring, it's kind of middle of the road for TOS. Yeah. Just a little bit above average once we scored it.
2: Well, maybe they'll do better next time.
0: Uh, maybe I mean it is um uh it's a time travel episode. How do you feel about that?
2: I don't love that. I don't love that start. It's not great, right? <laughs> yep. Uh
0: well I think it is. It's called Tomorrow is yesterday. Mm, okay. Uh but uh we watched four other episodes this week. Maybe one of them can beat a 37. Let's see. Last week's winner was a 43. So let's move right along to coming of age. <laughs> Wesley is taking his entrance exams on Relfa 7, including the dreaded psych test.
2: Mm, This is for the Starfleet Academy.
0: To get into Starfleet Academy, yes. Um, And Admiral Quinn, an old friend of Picard's, comes aboard with his weird aide Remick.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: to uh to launch an investigation because something is wrong on the Enterprise and Remick has to find out what. Yeah. Uh Wesley makes some buds down on the surface. Yes. Including Mordok of the Mordok strategy. <laughs> yep. Uh and to two girls that he does not even attempt to hit it off with.
2: Not even first base, dude.
0: Not, not yeah, exactly. There's not even any fumbling around over clothes. It's very... Yeah. It's a missed opportunity considering all these nerds were in the same room. Yep. Um, Remick uh, gets under Riker's skin and then gets under everyone else's skin right. with his aggressive interview style.
2: You're right, though. He starts with Riker.
0: It does. It starts right away with Riker. <laughs> Um. Uh, in the end Wesley only gets the second best score and doesn't get to go to the Academy Aww. and the result of the investigation is that the Enterprise is a big happy family <laughs> Yeah. and Admiral Quinn wants Picard to become Commandant of Starfleet Academy
2: but he had to like look into his shit to make sure there wasn't anything wrong with him
0: because, and there's no continuity in Star Trek, mm-hmm. because something sinister is going on in the Federation. Someone is trying to take over and subvert everything they've worked for, and he's not sure whether it's coming from within or from without.
2: Dude doesn't know much, does he?
0: He knows very little, and he is completely willing to turn the flagship upside down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Picard declines, because, but you knew that already, because there's there's, like... There's like fully 160 more episodes of the show. Right, I don't
2: think Picard's gonna leave yet. He
0: is not. He's not leaving.
2: All right, dog. Uh, <clears throat> I'll start.
0: Yes, please do. Uh,
2: we all fear the next stage in our lives. I think that wasn't a very good way to phrase it. Uh, something about how we, there's always another stage in our lives, and uh, uh, there's trepidation or something. <clears throat> That's what I got. Maybe I was trying too hard to connect Wesley's entrance exam. That guy Jake's rudderless feeling after not being chosen to apply for the Academy and uh, Picard's big Academy Commandant decision, but that's what I got.
0: It's interesting. It's an interesting take. What's it worth to you?
2: I couldn't find a good way to phrase it. And I couldn't find a good way to think of it. It's a four.
0: Okay. Um, so here is my take and uh and Picard says it to Wesley mm-hmm. You have to measure your successes and failures from within.
2: I did hear him say that.
0: So this applies to Wesley's situation, of course. It also applies to Jake. Jake is so upset about what his dad is gonna think that he about him not getting into the academy.
2: Yeah. But oh. he's
0: gonna fuck off and join a freighter.
2: Yeah, we should mention there's this guy named Jake. Um,
0: Jake is the only other teenager we've ever seen on the Enterprise, mm-hmm. and he didn't get a spot in the exams. Wesley got his spot,
2: and so halfway through the episode, dude tries to steal a shuttle and fly away from the Enterprise because he doesn't want to face his daddy
0: yep, or whatever. But he stalls it. Picard talks him back, etc. Yeah. So just, he can't he can't face his failures, right? Um and uh you can contrast this and i grant you that this is stretching because my big my big continuity my big um execution deduction is that i do not think that the conspiracy side plot ties in particularly strongly with this right but Contrast the way everybody is, all of the adult officers are so certain that their past decisions have been correct.
2: Yeah, that's true. There's no one goes, yeah, I guess you got a good point on that yeah, one. P-
0: Picard, when when Rembick is just like, you keep violating the Prime Directive. You will never stop violating the Prime Directive. We're Picard's only like, 18 episodes what of
2: in, and you violated it like six times already.
0: Uh, Picard's like, it's in the logs. No one, like, they have all, all of the officers have internalized this concept, Hmm. that you are your own judge of success and failure, even, by the way, Data, who, uh, again, has emotions in this episode, which you can tell by some of his sassier behavior with Remick.
2: Yep. Yeah. Uh. You know, it's kind of weird. You would think that'd be the kind of behavior data would learn through observation. I—I I don't. Did he watch some of the other interrogation sessions? Because he knew exactly how to treat that guy, uh, like he was a garbage.
0: I. It's like he's taking cues uh, from what Riker obviously thinks about him. Yeah. Maybe you know, uh, like at that point, I think he'd already interrogated Worf. Maybe I Worf believe. came out and said that guy Worf, sucks. Worf was probably talking with Geordi on the bridge, yeah. like. You know how they do.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how they're chatting on that bridge. they chat inappropriately on the bridge all the time.
0: Um, Now, having said that I think this is about measuring your successes and failures from within, I still think that's a four take.
3: Mm. Okay. And
0: here is the problem with it. What if you did a bad thing, though?
2: Yep, that's exactly right. (laughs) That's cool if you only want to measure it against your own opinions, but what if you're dumb?
0: Like, I feel like there are some things...
2: I think I did very good!
0: Like, Wesley, for instance, just took a multi-part graded examination. Yeah. And, yes, he has to come to terms with what it meant that he failed to get into the academy. Right. At 15.
2: Right. He'll be 16 next month.
0: He'll be 16 next month.
2: But... uh,
0: Well, he did objectively fail to get in.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. you're right. It's not like he can convince himself that he passed. It's right. not like, well, in my standards, I passed.
0: Uh, Ben's on a similar line with his take. Yeah. Um, And I should point out that I don't read Ben's takes. He sent them in super early this week. I don't read his takes until after I've seen the episode. Often at that point, I do check his take, particularly if I can't find a fucking take.
3: (laughs) You need a a cue
2: somewhere.
0: That's not what happened with this episode. But his take for this is a sense of self-worth is always intrinsic, not extrinsic. Isn't
2: that what Uh, self-worth means?
0: That is what's... A f- yes, okay. that's a good point. Anyway, he right. likes that. He he gave that a seven, which is uh, much higher than I thought it was worth.
2: I mean, it's kind of a hippy-dippy take. I mean, it's it's fine.
0: It's fairly consistent with the Gene Roddenberry vision that has the ship's psychologist sitting on the bridge. Although I think we've come to terms with the fact that she's on that bridge because she's of her abilities. It's
2: a strategic decision. Right. It has nothing Not. to do with her therapy.
0: Not that you would expect on another ship to see the ship's counselor sitting next right next to the captain.
2: Right. <clears throat> Agreed.
0: Um Yeah, and uh, you know, I said uh I wish it tied in stronger with the conspiracy plot. Yeah. In terms of execution.
2: I because he was so unspecific about the threat and I just I didn't find the episode to be about that. I thought it's that not, other plot it's not was about just that. about Picard. And whether or not he should leave the Enterprise, even though that comes after 20 minutes of an investigation. It's just, that investigation was nothing. It wasn't about anything, it was for nothing. He's like, I don't know, there's some kind of threat, and we didn't actually have anything about you. There was no reason to investigate you other than that there's something.
1: It
0: even takes it a while for that plot to get to the point where Remick is trying to get the other officers to flip on Picard. Yeah. Like, even that's ten minutes into that plot.
2: I did feel like there there was a lot of investigation for no for really like no payoff.
0: Um, but I will say that I did I did award it a one point bonus this episode for the big doses of continuity.
2: Oh, okay, well we'll get to that.
0: So, you know, they talk about justice. Yes. They talk about I'm oh I don't I didn't write down everything, but they mentioned several of the previous episodes that we've already seen. Oh yeah. So um all told I gave it a five for execution.
2: Yeah, so f- for mine about the the next stage in everybody's journey, um we finally learned some cool stuff about Wesley's Wesley and his motivations and fears and um uh, challenges and expectations. So it was a good Wesley um character building, world building kind of episode. He's shown finally not winning at something, which was which was good. Um, feeling pressure to make everyone Enterprise proud, how his father's death might be affecting him. That's all effective stuff, I guess. What really makes it work, I guess, is that everyone's going through the same shit, like Picard has his next role lined up for him, but he finds it hard to take the plunge, and Jake doesn't know what to do with his future stretched out in front of him. And even Worf talks about the difficulties he found when he was in Wesley's situation. And Remick talks about what he sees next for his career.
0: By the way, that Worf scene, we'll get to it. My favorite scene of the episode.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, that was all fine. Especially for my plot. My, my take. Um, hey, was this editing creative for the 1980s?
0: Uh, I thought so. The I mean. Are... He...
2: He keeps asking questions, but every time it, like, it cuts back to the person he's interviewing or the camera rolls around to the person he's interviewing, it's a different crew member.
0: So let's talk about this for a second, mm-hmm. because sometimes a director in a Star Trek episode decides that they're going to do a thing. Yeah, right. Um,
2: it,
0: it, like you, you brought it up earlier in Arena, when there's that sudden zoom yeah. like zoom in on the gorn when the boulder's falling as
2: if the gorn's going oh no but his face don't move
0: uh it's not always the director's fault i presume when they do one of those dream sequences but like um oh a few episodes well probably 10 episodes ago in the next generation we had a handheld shot follow picard onto the bridge yep there's another scene in this one where there's a continuous tracking shot out of the turbolift and into the ready room. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes a director gets creative. Ninety percent of the time, it is a failure. <laughs> yep. In my In my opinion, and there's a particularly bad one coming up in another episode this week. Uh, the first time we see this cutaway exchange with Data. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was super effective.
2: They do it the right way, where the cut is on his, It cuts back to him, and then yes. it rolls around to yes. show who he's talking to. Because I think that's the more effective way of doing it than show, rolling around to him and then cutting to the other person. That seems. I've seen better.
0: this. I've seen this episode fifteen times. Yeah. I legitimately didn't remember that this technique was in there, yeah. and I think that's because the technique works.
2: Yeah, and that's what and, I, I was trying to figure out. Like, not only does it work, but I, mean, I don't even. It might have been innovative. I don't know how many people were doing stuff like that.
3: I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't have a good feeling for that, of, you know, how probably early 1988, what this felt like. Yeah. But uh, I thought it worked. Uh,
2: in general, I thought this was a well-made episode. Um, there's not a ton of drama, since what are the odds Picard and Wesley are leaving the show? But, um, you know, there's an alien conspiracy if they actually intend to explore that later. I gave it an 8, dog. I thought it executed. Ah. I thought it executed right. on my take and just in general.
0: That is a rare score, to have an
2: 8 execution. Execution is one of the problem scores on this project.
0: Yes. Uh, let me see when you last gave a score as high as an 8. Mm. And I could stop doing these retrospectives if you think it's interesting, but uh, it turns out it was Hyde in Q. Okay. All the way back in week 9. And the last time I gave an 8 was in week 10 uh, for the Negus.
2: Oh shit, son! Which... Uh, that must have been a rubric episode. Hey, it's Bartwell. By the way...
0: I gave a total of twelve points,
3: to <laughs> eight mind. of them
0: in execution. I gave it a zero for characterization that week, <laughs> uh, and you gave it fourteen. So it scored a total of twenty-six on our rubric. So, so was that was an episode that itself. where the expectation or the uh, the perception lined up with the score. Right. But I did <laughs> most of my points were in execution that week.
2: <laughs> well, they executed this piece of shit.
0: Um, did you find uh, Did you find some interesting world building?
2: Um, well, I remembered that this took place on Relva 7. I didn't even need them to tell me that. <laughs> uh, admirals wear some real ass uniforms.
0: Yep, it is the same uniform we saw on Jameson. They are eventually going to start just, like, every time we see an admiral, they'll be dressed slightly different.
2: Yeah, it's re- they're really ugly. I liked Q's, it was so ornate. We should mm-hmm. go back to that with all the gold trim. Um, because I know what happens in this episode, let me just jump to the end. Is this kind of investigation standard procedure because it seems like a real clusterfuck
0: I, I don't know is this so we how know, they
2: investigate things
0: we know of Remick mm. that he is with the Starfleet Inspector General's office yes so no one says that Quinn is from the Inspector General's office
2: he's just Admiral Quinn he does some Admiral stuff no one knows so what he's doing. so
0: presumably is. Remick is on loan to him mm. I don't know if it's because he's working solo and not with his colleagues, or because Remick is a piece of shit, yeah, or what the deal is. But you're right; it's a mess.
2: So it's, it's a very, it's a terribly run investigation. It doesn't get anywhere. Not only is it poorly run, it's not even like his his terrible methods get any results. Everyone just goes, "No, nah, I don't know. Fuck you. How about that? Was that the answer to your question? Eat a dick." Um. Anyway, I just thought. I'd that was a weird a weird style. Um continuity points times like a million, right?
0: That's like all the continuity.
2: This guy reading these okay. logs back to the crew. It's the first time anybody's ever cracked them open, by the way.
0: Yep, absolutely.
2: It really shows how bonkers the adventures on this ship are, by the way.
0: Yeah, well, it, this is why this is why um we have been contending for a few years now that nobody reads these logs.
2: <laughs> because they'd go, there's something wrong. There's something wrong here. <laughs> These guys are on some insane adventures out there, and they never report back. Uh, I did not remember Beltane 9. I believe Nor that is a, that is a planet that is mentioned in this episode. Uh, Zaldans, or Z- Z- Zaldans? Zaldans? hmm They have webbed fingers and they hate courtesy. Yeah. Uh... Quinn says there's a threat to everything they've built in the last 200 years. So that's about what we've come to expect for the timeline. But I don't know if this is the first time that that timeline has been established or what.
0: Yeah, I think we have we have an idea from McCoy's age, how far we are from the films and the TV show. Hmm. It's kind of a rough idea, right? We know McCoy's, he was 137 in the pilot, so he might be 138 by now. Right. So we know, we've seen the space between those two series. What we don't know is how long the Federation existed prior to Star Trek.
2: Yeah, so this they, they seem to pin it at about 200 years, which fits with what we end up seeing with Enterprise yep. and stuff like that. So that, that fits. Uh, Algeron Four is mentioned as well. We all know there will be a treaty in Algeron later, but not yet. Nothing important about that yet. Uh, I gave it a six for all the continuity points, because he just kept going back to stuff that they had done and making them talk about it.
0: Uh I also gave it a 6 although I awarded my continuity point in execution. Oh, okay. okay. So this is a, this is a 6 on its own merits. Oh. So here's what I wrote down. Uh matter and antimatter have only one ratio No 1 to 1.
2: Even I knew that.
0: Although I have seen explanations that suggest that you would probably have more matter than antimatter for a couple of reasons.
2: Well, you would want to make sure you had a fuel source.
0: Number one, you want complete. No, I mean in the in the in the mixture in the in the chamber. Right. Number one, you want complete combustion of that antimatter. Yeah. You don't want it to go through there, hit the chamber wall, and then evaporate. Right. Right. Number two, that's probably what the plasma in the ship is. Okay. Is hydrogen that's been heated by the energy from that. Reaction. Okay. So, anyway, that's all non-canon. One to one is the only ratio. Okay. Uh, Starfleet has an Inspector General's office. Someone reads the logs. We really hit a lot of the same points at the beginning. There.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, flight emergency overrides on the door. Yes. You can't, you can't lock the doors on a shuttle on this ship.
2: <laughs> Seems like you'd want to lock them.
0: Well, but here's the thing. If the ship just crashes into them... Is that better than having the shuttle
2: get away? Okay, I guess that's true.
0: When you have a tractor beam? Which they forget they have in this episode?
2: Yes, they don't even try it.
0: (laughs) Uh, The shuttle had port and starboard running lights on it.
3: Oh, nice.
0: Uh, Zaldans must have a real hard time in the Federation. Maybe Rondan was the only one?
3: Well,
2: we haven't seen a lot of them, for sure. Uh, Yeah, it's a real nice, nice place full of nice people, and they hate that so much.
0: Uh commandant of Starfleet Academy is an admiral's billet? Yep. I mean, I mean, maybe it's a rear admiral or a vice admiral, but I don't know. It seems like it wouldn't necessarily have to be a flag officer.
2: No, but yes, it is.
0: Uh, dress uniforms have no rank pips?
2: Oh. Interesting.
0: I don't know if this is the first time we've seen... It's probably not, because we probably saw them in Haven.
2: I think we did see them in Haven, and I do not remember whether they had rank pips yeah. on them.
0: Something is rotten in the Federation... But then, of course, all of the Academy stuff. All of the stuff about how you get into the Academy, what the tests for the Academy are like, the psych tests, etc. That's why it's a six for world building. A lot of
2: questions about that. How many cadets get to try out? Yep. You know? And do they all have to be on weird faraway planets? Uh, Is 15 a good age for applying to the Academy? I don't know Uh, anything
0: I have a lot of this in my quick hitters. Okay, okay, it's very... Okay. um, It's very interesting. Okay, Very interesting to me. But interesting's worth points.
2: What did you have for characterization in, in this shiz?
0: Uh, I went as high as a 7 what? on characterization. And that is not super common for me.
2: Yeah, it's another problem. But you know what? They're all problems.
0: A I loved lo- Worf in this one. So... There is a moment where Wesley, all he has left is his psych test, Yeah. and he's up on the Enterprise, and he's standing in the holodeck, but he clearly can't think of what to do, like, how he's going to prep for this test. Right. And Worf walks in there to run some other program.
2: Probably something about killing skeletons or something. Thank
0: God he didn't call up his weird sex program or whatever that he was going to run. Because well, he didn't notice Wesley was there.
2: Especially because a lot of time we see them program it from the outside and walk in and it's already going.
0: Yeah, but he, he walks in and picks up a pad and he's like, alright, I'm going to set up some new shit. That's right. Um, and then he gives Wesley advice and talks about how it's difficult for him to accept help from people, particularly when his life is at stake. Hmm. And uh, and then Wesley says, oh, you got through it. And Worf says, no, it is still my enemy.
2: Yeah, he's like, Uh, no, dog. The challenge is still... It's ongoing.
0: Yeah, I really liked that. uh, I liked that moment a lot. I agree. It was a a great character scene. Uh, I thought Riker was, was pretty on point for season one Riker. I thought Picard was actually starting to show later picard here to some extent
3: hmm.
0: i think the picard character has been evolving uh well, well the drumhead is a better version of what happens in this episode yeah. in terms of interrogation
2: yeah well, i'm not sure
0: it's going to be a better overall episode
2: but he's you know in that episode he's had this experience already that that he's yep. gone through
0: um uh, very sassy sassy data when he uh when uh Remick Remick says the look, it's here in these you're gonna help me find the problem. It's here in these log entries and he turns the laptop towards yeah. him and data just turns it back yep. and says there's no problem.
2: <laughs> it is uh, insane how unified they are in this episode. They're just who straight up him? like no
0: Again, who told Data he doesn't have emotions? I just I just want to I want to know. I want the officer's name <laughs> on memory. I want to go on memory beta cuz I know it's not canon. Right. And find out who found Data and told him he didn't have emotions.
2: We should we should finally write our Star Trek novel and we can tell the story of Data being found on Omicron Theta, and we can we can have the dialogue where the guy goes some kind of robot he doesn't even have emotions and that'll be it.
0: Yep. <laughs> uh, I thought Wesley was pretty okay in this one, even.
2: Yeah, he's not uh, I, hateable.
0: I, I hesitated on this a little bit, because... What we have seen Wesley bristling against is sort of the unfairness of being a child and the authority of adults. That's what we've seen him struggle with in this episode. Hmm. So for the psych test to reveal that... He's got some deep seated fear about making a decision that w- might lead to somebody's death. Yeah. Felt out of place, but then on the other hand, you wouldn't expect his deep seated fear to be coming out all the time. This is this is what I hate about Archer in Enterprise. Yeah. Is that he's just all the time shouting at everybody about how his they dad. held his daddy down yeah. and they're not gonna hold him down. <laughs> Which is like if you know that that's what's going on inside of you, you should be able to make progress against it. So yeah. it kind of makes sense that Wesley's deep-seated fear wouldn't have come to the surface in the first seventeen episodes in which he's been a minor character. So in the end, I didn't penalize it for that.
2: And you're right that it, it is out of place, but they tie it in by making it about his daddy. Yeah, you know? so there's a reason that it would be there. But you're right, we haven't necessarily you know, seen it, that.
0: It is explained. Um, I mean, it's kind of a th- it's kind of a throwaway thing from the. Uh, from Encounter at Farpoint, although I know I'm, it was always planned to be for this character that uh, you know Picard knew his dad or whatever.
2: Yeah, I knew your f- your father, which is right. not a creepy way to. But it hasn't
0: really come up in the Inner Rim.
3: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> so
0: for it to come up here, and Remick brings it up in the interrogation with Beverly, also. Yeah. Uh, I-, I thought was.
2: Um, they had a writer a nice touch. come on who actually watched the pilot. I
0: mean, it must be right. Yeah. Like, whoever wrote this had seen the other shows. Yeah.
2: Maybe that's why it's, it's scoring okay. That's
0: why it's doing, doing well. Anyway, I get, ended up giving it a 7. I didn't really think there was anyone off character in this. I mean, again, Data had emotions, but this is the f- it's already the 10th time that I've brought that up in this show, so...
2: Well, you know, I guess uh, one question would be, then, why only a 7? Was just no one... It wasn't enough good work done? Just no bad work, or... Because I, I would, would answer uh... anything with Data in it automatically can't get a 10. it's difficult it's just you can't you can't score that high if you have if you have data
0: Uh, so here here is why not a 10 so there is something going on in this episode that was not explored to the extent that i would like which is what's going on with Riker. yeah he he is the only one who's worried about this investigation
2: hell yeah what's Riker hiding
0: uh, and he also is very nervous to know if he's being investigated.
2: Am I being investigated, sir? Because if I'm being investigated, you should tell me. And I should know everything you know because I'm first officer and I, you want me to quit? Essentially and, what
1: he's like.
0: So weirdly, he is the weak link in this chain and he doesn't turn it around until Remick reveals that Picard's under investigation. Yeah, then And call. then he's like, well, good luck. <laughs> yeah.
2: I thought you were investigating me, in which case I was extremely worried. Because but... I've
0: done some shit.
2: <laughs> but if you're investigating Picard, then yeah, you can... fuck you. You can go away.
0: So it's weird that, that Riker being the one most shaken by the investigation is not explored enough for me. Right.
2: Okay. Uh, here's what I got <clears throat> Wesley?
0: When... Uh, by the way, it's crazy that it's probably the first time on this show that you anyone has ever. One of us has asked the other one, why not a ten?
2: Well, it's just because it seemed like a lot of good stuff. So I understood there was a reason it wasn't a 10, but I was yeah. curious. Um, Wesley will be 16 next month. That is not an appropriate time to say happy birthday, by the way. A month no. away from someone's birthday?
0: Well, she's not going to see him again.
2: Well, then she should just say, it's nice to meet you. Um, Only one
0: of them is going to the Academy, and who knows when that term even starts.
2: Right. Hey, what is Wesley's motivation in pointing out that he thought nothing frightened a Klingon warrior? Is he looking for, like, a quick death?
0: Uh, it's a good question. Like
2: you can't say that. You can't just look at Worf and go. I thought nothing frightened a Klingon warrior. You want him to just An- snap your little neck?
0: Another good opportunity for Worf to say, "Only a fool has no fear." Yes. Uh,
2: that incident with the Z- Zaldan. Zaldan. Yep. I never. I don't remember how it's pronounced. Uh, is a great example of the uh, special education that he's received on Enterprise.
0: That's right. Mordok wouldn't have known that. Presumably, uh, TAC officer Chan arranged that test because he knew Wesley would had the opportunity to pass it. Yes,
2: he had a chance at that one. Uh, Hey, in the seventh grade, I got kicked out of math class one time. Okay. Because I told Gary Enriquez how to solve a math problem during a test. Yeah. I didn't tell him the answer, but I, like, told him how to do math. You know? Like, how to find the answer. And I got straight kicked out of class. Why doesn't Wesley get kicked out for helping Mordok? This is bullshit! Uh,
0: Yes, it's a good question. Uh... There are a couple of things. One, Wesley told Mardock, Oh, you've got it. You've got this.
2: <laughs> but doesn't he give him some kind of nonsense instruction? Yeah, he says, to You've to already got your
0: nonsense. rotation factor now and yeah. your vector coordinates. Yeah. But it seems like those are the only two steps, so I don't know.
2: I'm just saying, I feel really... I cheated. I, I feel like I cheated and he cheated and I got kicked out of class. And yeah, son, I,
0: I think the answer to this might be a couple of things. <laughs> okay. One...
2: Don't make it about me. It's not about me. It's about this one, show. One,
0: your 7th grade math teacher probably was not Starfleet material.
2: <laughs> Mrs. Erickson? Yeah, probably not.
0: Yeah. Uh, and two, it seemed like uh, Chang was interested in that decision.
2: Well, she should have been interested in my decision to help Gary Enriquez. <sighs> Alright, sorry. I made, I made it about me. Um, <clears throat> Wesley doesn't so much... He doesn't even get... Not only does he not get the first base with this chick, this chick is all over him.
0: She's very interested. She knows who he is. Like, right up front. She's, her- she's heard about him.
2: She thinks She's the cute. first one in
0: that room to see him. She says he's cute.
2: Yeah. And he does not do anything, because he's a fucking nerd.
0: Yeah. No, his psych test should have been two more girls. <laughs>
2: That's right. Oh, there's too many girls. Oh, what do I do? Uh, Remick, the latest to Big Dog, Mr. Riker. Dog, he outranks you.
0: Not only that. I had this in my quick hitters. Hmm. He calls Data Commander Data. Yep,
2: but Mister. Then he Riker. calls
0: Riker Mister Riker. It's like,
2: yeah, ranks you, dude. You can't do that.
0: Incidentally, this is actually formalized in the Navy. Mm. You only use you only use Mister to refer to someone who is a lieutenant or below.
2: Yeah, well, Remick playing with Riker. Yep. Uh, then Riker feels the need to pass it on, so he goes in and shouts at Picard.
0: Yes, yeah, exactly. He, take, he does take it out on Picard. Oh, you
2: don't like this guy, and he goes into Picard's office and starts yelling at him. Uh, and Picard's super patronizing. He goes, "And you do a very good job." <laughs> and then Riker's tantrum causes scary, dramatic music to happen when he goes into the turbo lift.
0: That's one hundred percent true.
2: <laughs> like his tantrum, like he's got Anthony's powers. From, uh, fucking Twilight Zone, he's gonna put yep. him in the cornfield or Just, something. Remick's
0: gonna end up at the cornfield. <laughs> or, I guess, in Picard's space painting?
2: Yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I can never understand why the dramatic music shows up at times in this show.
0: You're gonna end up on that stylized version of the Enterprise. <laughs> I mean, it's still gonna be the Enterprise, hey, everybody
2: though. wave to Remick. You can see him in 10 forward in the painting.
0: He wants, he wants out. He yes. wants to come back.
2: Riker is so excited when he thinks Picard is going to run the Academy. But does he think that they'll just give him the flagship? Like, he's delusional, right? If he's thinking, oh, you, congratulations, sir. Enjoy the Academy. Yes, I'm going to be well, Captain of the Enterprise. you've been First <laughs>
0: Officer of the Enterprise for six months. It's time for you to fleet up to Captain.
2: <laughs> Probably not going to
0: happen, though. Uh,
2: Jellico is going to slide his ass this in there. It's going to be Jellicoe. <laughs> uh, it's going to be
0: a four years younger, even cockier Jellico.
2: That's right. Yeah, he has not been uh, uh, eroded by age. Uh, Worf, full of advice again. Dude is just hella solid. Like, he's like an 8 out of 10 across the board. Just every episode. He's just, he, he only gets a few opportunities, he nails them, he checks out. Whether he's helping Wesley or not even pretending he respects Remick. Yep. Uh, Picard tells Remick to suck a fat one during that shuttle emergency, but then he's very patient with him afterward and even stops Riker from, I'm guessing, ruining his body?
0: I mean, <laughs> Riker advanced on him. If
2: Riker really, he was moving on him. He was about I to mean, snatch I, him up.
0: I have it in Quick Hitters uh, that Riker should have asked for permission to clean up the bridge.
2: <laughs> right. He learned it from Warf. Uh Then Picard tells Remick that the charade has gone on long enough. Yep. Uh, That's the only
0: thing he's guilty of, is allowing the charade to go on for so long.
2: And then the look he gives Remick when Remick says that he loves the ship and crew so much, like
0: his tour duties up in six months
2: and he wants to serve on the enterprise. Serve on enterprise. And Picard just gives him a look like, Oh gross. Fuck. No, no. He's got to control his facial reactions. Yep. Um, and then he's very gracious with Jake in the hallway. And finally he gets to be Wesley's nice dad in the end.
0: Yep. In a dark conference
2: room. Yeah. Why did not they turn on some lights in them shit? Yeah. Uh, how does Remick know something is up between Picard and Crusher? Is that in Picard's captain's logs? Just like all the stuff he says about Wesley?
0: Well, I mean, like, look, let me ask you this question. If you read the log entry for The Naked Now, would you not watch the security footage that you know must exist?
2: Oh, would it come from the exact same angle that we saw as viewers? Well, you know that it would. Uh, then yes, I would definitely watch it, because the angles are so good. So,
0: I mean, you would see her,
2: like... Just going at it.
0: You'd see her unzip her shit.
2: Yeah, yeah, Right? and Doctor, talk about there must be a cure some formula <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you you'd see that clip and then you would there wouldn't be a mystery <laughs> at that point
2: point. Yeah, and it's not even like you go well everyone was horny and horny as fuck cuz she talks about how she's been waiting a long time or whatever to right. beat, get all the satisfaction in her, in her in her bits yep um anyway i agreed with you entirely i gave it a 7
0: all right so, uh... Fine. Yeah, I thought I it was think fine said...
2: all around. There were some issues, but it was fine.
0: Yeah. Um... Woof.
2: Yeah, dude. I can't, I can't believe it's scoring so very good. Did you want to it, hit quick hitters, or...?
0: It scored well. Uh Let me... Let's go over some things.
2: I got, like, an entire page of quick hitters.
0: So. <sighs> Does the Enterprise get an automatic candidate for Starfleet Academy? Because as far as I can tell... Jake is the only other teenage civilian on the ship.
2: And they were both under consideration.
0: So, like, the idea that it was, like, definitely one of the two of them was going seems odd.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. I I wish they would explain it, but they never will.
0: Um, we have in this episode a very rare use of the port-forward turbo lift that's right next to Picard's ready room. I don't know if we see that in any other episodes.
3: It is
2: extremely rare.
0: Yeah. Uh... Do you think uh, Remick is a villain? Because I always say to my old friends... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Do you think Remick is a villain just based on the way he acts in Um, the beginning? Like, when I was watching him, I'm like, hmm, he's really giving off villain vibes here. Yeah,
2: again, I think it's part of his investigatory techniques, which I don't understand.
0: Um, Picard says to Quinn something I always say to my friends, uh, which is, we've known one another for years.
2: (laughs) Yes, I say it all the time. I actually start most conversations by just recounting how long I've known people. It's like, oh, hi, how are you? I've known you for ten years. How's it going?
0: Yep. Uh, Mordock has a whole strategy named after him. Yeah, dog. Picard only has a maneuver.
3: I know.
2: Yeah, a maneuver is below a strategy for sure. Because you'd think in between a maneuver and a strategy, you've got a tactic.
0: Uh, so Chang says about 15 times that any of those kids would be a great Starfleet officer. Uh-huh. So it really does beg the question, why not take all of them?
2: Yeah, what are, what is this limitation?
0: What's going to be the problem? Too many ensigns in four years?
2: It turns out they'll need the manpower.
0: It's, well, it's, they don't know what's coming, but yes.
2: Yeah, again, they don't explain. They'll never explain. I would like to know how this works. How many candidates are there? How many spots are there in the Academy? How how choosy are they? How does this work?
0: Uh, After Riker has his breakdown with Picard, mm. he walks out on the bridge and tells Remick uh, he's got duties to attend to. Right. And storms off in a huff. We next see him coming right back on the bridge off that same turbo lift with a huge shit-eating grin on his face. I gotta know what he did oh, when yeah, he left dude. the bridge.
2: He saw those harp girls? Those girls were playing the harp?
0: Yeah, I thought he cranked one out for sure. Yeah. Uh so, yeah, I wish they should have showed us something like he could have been he could have been doing Obi Don Karitsu against Yeah. yeah, yeah. against uh Hologram He's doing or Don
2: Wakamatsu
0: watching his harp.
2: Yeah.
0: Harp ladies et cetera. Yep. Should have shown us something. Uh I think um Now, I mentioned the Picard maneuver earlier. There is also the Riker maneuver, which I am just about tall enough to do sometimes, which is where you step over the back of a chair to sit down. I think this is the best one when he goes into the ready room and Remick's behind Picard's desk. Mm -hmm. And he steps over the back of that chair, never breaking eye contact with an angry face with Remick. I think that's his power move.
2: That was the sexiest sit down ever.
0: Like, I'm six three, fuck
2: you. You're right, he can afford to step over the back of that chair without ever looking down.
0: Yeah, he knows
2: he's gonna clear it. It's like I'm gonna you know, look how tall I am. I'm clearing this chair, and I'm I'm looking right at you, Remick. And then you should have barked play. at him, you should've barked in his face.
0: Uh I wrote down that I want one million more of these Wharf's enemy is relying on others for his life insights, and one million less of the type of character insights we get on Enterprise. <laughs>
2: Yes, that would be... You mean like the the guys from Florida? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be better. Yeah. Um, I thought it was weird that uh, the people, the two people that we will learn are the best shuttle pilots on the Enterprise. Yeah. That's Riker and Geordi. Right. Both on the bridge when Jake takes that shuttle.
2: None of Did them. Did not think of that
0: bounce-off-the-atmosphere maneuver, but Picard was right on it.
2: Yeah, I guess it's because Picard jumps in right away, but neither of them makes a move to do anything.
0: When When Remick interviews Data, he starts out by saying, you're an android, so you're programmed to tell the complete truth.
2: This is another one of those statements that somebody just made for him.
0: Yeah, I, people make wild assumptions about androids, considering that they live in a universe where Data is the only one.
2: You'd think the more effective version of that would be to ask him whether or not that's true. And yeah, even then, and- he could be lying.
0: But even then, if he's a liar, and he yeah. says he always tells the truth, well, what do you well, what but do? But at least,
2: do? like, at least start from the baseline, like, is this a thing? Don't yeah. just be like, you're an android, I know all about androids, I know you can't lie.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, look, people do this all the time. People will tell, I mean, we've seen it 15 times, someone tells a Vulcan that Vulcans never lie.
2: Yep. yep. Even though they <sighs> fucking lie every opportunity that they're given.
0: <sighs> but at least there's more than one Vulcan. Yeah. It's like if you met the only Mexican in the world, and you were like, uh, eh, you're a Mexican, right? So you never lie. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy'd be like, I've never met you. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm the only Mexican.
2: Yeah. Wh- what
0: are you basing that on? Agreed. Um <sighs> No emotions but a sassy little computer turn. It was so sassy.
2: Yeah, he's like, and I push it right back.
0: Uh, okay, entrance exams. Entrance exams. Let's do it. What were we seeing? Do you think this was engineering-specific entrance exams?
2: There was a lot of technical questions.
0: Do we have to imagine that Worf passed these tests, too?
2: Oh, yeah, that's a good question.
0: And Riker?
2: That's a better question. (laughs) I do think of Worf as a superior engineer to Riker.
0: Oh, for sure. (laughs) I mean, we see him in that sensor room one time, (laughs) so... He's, uh, he's he's everyone's choice to take over for data at Ops.
2: Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Clearly, he's not he's not a bad engineer. Yeah. Uh, but, like...
2: You're right. Did Riker have R- to pass Riker? these? Riker?
0: I assume that Troy and Crusher <clears throat> both got their commissions through another... Like, they both went to... They got professional degrees and then got their commissions based on some other method.
2: Yeah, it's not clear... It sounds like doctors go to the Academy from other things that we hear in the future...
0: Yes. But some I am do. not
2: clear at all on what Troy did.
0: One presumes that she didn't go to the academy. But I don't know, maybe she did. But like all of the ensigns and lieutenants everybody we've seen, they all passed all these engineering tests or was this an engineering version? Yeah. Like are there multiple routes in? Um how psychological and individualized and intelligent is what we see here compared to Tuvok yes. making the Maquis run yes. laps and stand inspection. <laughs> That's what
2: I was thinking the whole time I was watching it. I was like, this is some very thoughtful stuff.
0: One's like, oh, look, they, uh, like...
2: For each candidate, they aren't even in the Academy.
0: Like Chang's like, oh, it's an interesting choice to help Mordok considering that uh, you're so close in total score. Uh, Here's this test with Rondan That you have the ability to solve yeah. Oh, alright, everybody's got an Individualized psych test Based on their deep Profile? profiles Yeah. Alright, everybody Let's run laps, yes. that's what the academy is I was
2: gonna say, once you get to the academy Maybe they just stop trying They're like, we did all the vetting already We know these guys are fine, let's just make them run around a lot for four years
0: Let's just say that I Don't want that to be true Yeah, okay I hated it in Voyager, and uh, I had already seen this. Of course, I knew this was this yeah. was our previous experience of Starfleet Academy. You know, it's a place where Picard has trouble and turns to the groundkeeper for advice. And
2: yeah, and Wesley pulls pranks, has pranks pulled on him, and pulls them back on his yeah bunk No,
3: it's whatever. a
0: lot of lap running. That's basically what it is. Yeah. I'm sure you had some takeaways from this fine episode. Oh,
2: yeah, dude. Passive-aggressive Wesley chasing down Jake in the corridor to console him. What a bunch of mm-hmm. bullshit, dude. Mm-hmm. Fucker is always rubbing it in. Oh, I'm so sorry. You, you didn't get picked, Jake. Like me, I got oh, picked. fuck.
0: I thought of another teenager. Oh, who? The kid who goes skiing with Wesley.
2: Uh, yeah, that Asian guy. Yeah. He, I guess he wasn't a candidate. He wasn't even as good as Jake. That <laughs> sucks, because Jake seems he... like a dummy.
0: He was less than Jake. Yes,
2: he was. <laughs> nice. Too bad. I think I already named an episode that I can't. Use I think it so too. One. Um, Picard finds it not suspicious at all that his old friend Admiral Quinn is hanging out on Relva Seven, Relva Seven, waiting for him and demanding to be beamed up. Yep. Just like, oh, cool, my friend's here.
0: At least he didn't tell him uh, that he was beaming aboard at fifteen hundred hours, and then <laughs> Data would say, minute. "It's nearly fifteen hundred now, sir."
2: Yeah. Uh, hey, what's the a plot here? Right, show started with Wesley, but mm-hmm. then went into the credits with Scary Music and Picard. Which mm-hmm. one of these is do you think is technically the A-plot?
0: I am tempted to say that it's the Academy.
2: I think it is too mainly because of the episode title, but I don't know. The I was just confused title, about it.
0: See, it's difficult not to bring future knowledge into this, because if you know what's going to happen in the second to last episode of this season, the the uh one of the two plots, and I won't say which, mm. really f- begins to feel like just a setup.
2: Yeah. That's a, yes, that's true. Um well anyway, I was just confused about it as the episode went on. I was like, which one are they giving the weight to? But um Hey, I do not like this girl's emphasis on very young describing what she had heard about Wesley. Like, she is mm-hmm. a diddler as sure as that alien's kid name is Jean Luc.
0: <laughs> that's for sure.
2: She's like, I heard about a very young ensign, acting ensign or whatever. It's like, oh, whoa, that's fucking gross.
0: Uh, also, a Vulcan who lives 200 years can look take one look at Wesley and say, you do not look as though you meet the age requirements. <laughs> yep.
2: uh, also, Wesley introduces himself like Zhang Fei of Yan. Do you know me? <laughs> that's how he, that's what he says to the girl. Um, Tack Officer Chang or whatever... Um, he's sure building this up it's the most exhausting and difficult challenge and the, also the most exciting adventure Ex- expect the unexpected
0: first you're going to play clacks <laughs> then you're going to take a there's going to be a one trick question quiz
2: Ev- everything's half off until Wednesday the <laughs> boys are really sexy and I'll pay you two hundred dollars one time a student passed out because he skipped breakfast, so make sure to get breakfast. It's like, was he just stalling like he couldn't remember what his real introduction was? <laughs> I talked for so long. Um, he was
0: flustered, dog. He had Mordock in front of him. That's true. He had the Mordoc. Author of the Mordoc strategy?
2: Right. Uh, I feel like I knew the answer to that matter-antimatter question. Should I sign up for the Academy?
0: I think you're ready. Do you think you can do the uh, balls game?
2: Yeah, dog. Uh, I've seen it. It's the Qatarian game. I know exactly how it works. Yeah, well,
0: look, like all games in Star Trek, the trick is to just relax and let it happen. <laughs>
2: um, I was chanting for Riker to do his special Riker sit, and he did it.
0: He did it the most and the best.
2: They should perform these episodes live on stage so I could chant along. Oh, shit, dog. I just invented the best thing.
0: Live performances of Star Trek The Next Generation live episodes?
2: local theater productions of Star-, Star Trek the Next Generation.
0: You know they do this shit with like episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't
2: like that though. I don't want to watch that. They
0: there's probably <laughs> have done it with Best of Both Worlds or something. I want to see it. I what see would be this. the It probably would be the Inner Light, right? Like
2: That's the one that's most like a play.
0: It's the one that's basically a play to begin with. So,
2: how did we let this happen?
0: I would how? love to know that there was some theater company that was doing it and it was like, "All right, lessons." And you'd be like,
2: "What?" Yeah, come on, really? Son of a bitch. Like, not even masks? This just said TNG. Like, I didn't know what I was going to get. God not damn it. Masks.
0: <laughs> At least that one's got, like, Dark uh, Page. There's an acting oh, role fuck. in
2: it. fuck. All right. I'm going to have to watch somebody try to cry on stage.
3: Um. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> again, is Remick acting crazy part of his strategy? Like, if
0: so, it's not a good one.
2: In the end, when it's revealed, this was all kind of a gag. Will he laugh with Quinn and be like, "I shouted so hard, Troy cried, and I totally gleeked on Wharf. Like fifteen individual drops of spittle went on his arm. It was awesome." He acts like he's totally unhinged. Yeah, he's insane, and it's all fake. There's nothing there. Investig. All right. <clears throat> hey, uh, Jake is bad at shuttles.
0: I mean, pretty much. I mean, Picard does say he's qualified, but like he was in he the immediately, shuttle
2: for five seconds.
0: He immediately stalled it. He, what was he even trying to
2: do? How did he push a few buttons and unbalance the antimatter or whatever happened? What did he you, do in there?
0: You could just tell the shuttle you want to go to Cordovan 7 yeah. or whatever.
2: I don't know how he broke it so quickly.
0: Later, we'll see Jordy in a shuttle and he's just like, no, play flamenco music. And it just does. <laughs> he's
2: trying to read a book or whatever.
0: This guy fucks the dilithium up so much that he's about to die.
2: <laughs> I can't believe how quick it was. It wasn't like an hour later they get a, a distress call from him or something. It's just like, instantaneous. In a,
0: in a week, he's in there with Riker and another piloting lesson, and Riker's like, look, here's a secret. You never have to adjust the dilithium at all.
2: Do you see the dilithium panel? That's just there, because it it's, it's mandated it has to be there. Don't ever touch it.
0: That's not for you. It's just... Don't worry about it. Just it's always right. Don't worry. Don't you never need to change the the way the intermix ratio. It's always set. It's preset. Yeah.
2: Uh, And of course, Picard helping this guy through it is the Star Trek gimmick of one crew member executing a plan, but keeping it a secret from everybody else until it's done for no other reason than dramatic effect.
0: Yep. He doesn't. And by the way, does not tell Jake, which would have calmed him down considerably. Yep. Jake, here's what we're gonna do, we're gonna bounce you off the atmosphere.
2: Yeah. He just goes, point at the planet. And he's like, What? Jake, this
0: is Jake, this is totally recoverable. Don't worry about it. Doesn't what say we're that. gonna do it, No. It's as if he has no time, except that Jake spends forty seconds arguing with him, so clearly they had plenty of time for him to just explain it in the start.
2: And like Remick on the bridge keeps interjecting. What are you talking about? That's crazy.
0: Yep. It is a thing that will always happen in Star Trek. Just You're like not wrong.
2: It's the same thing as when they go, uh Captain, you better come see this. And he's like, <laughs> well, you could just, you could tell me. Or you could tell me. I mean, I'll me. be on my way. I'm walking there, but we're already talking. So why don't you give me some background? Like, you
0: no. You, any kind of preparation for what I'm about to see? It's very dramatic. At all?
2: Uh, I often yell at people in the street, You blocked my path! Yep. Because of this episode.
0: Yes, indeed.
2: Um... Picard describes Wesley's incarceration by the uh, Edo or Edo or whatever they're called as unlawful but like that's not true is it
0: Yeah it's really not like
2: it was lawful wasn't it
0: True <laughs>
3: Yeah Rude, he's, he's, he has like you for it. real
0: did violate the prime directive. You had to explain to the Edo that you had a prime to the Edo Guardian that you had a Prime Directive and you were violating it. Yeah. It's kind of a little late to recast it. Yeah,
2: you can't you can't after you told the Edo Guardian that you can't now tell Remick the opposite. Well, yep. I did I didn't break it he was unlawfully imprisoned and I had to it's like no 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 no. No. Just no. Uh, like we already talked about, the Katarian game is part of the entrance exam. Shit, this goes way deeper than we're later led to believe. Mm -hmm. They fucking infiltrated the Academy already.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, it's continuity. They're the infiltrators.
2: Um, okay, Remick not only gets his ass kicked in this investigation, but I think he's fucking brainwashed, too.
3: Well... Because he
2: comes out just, like, so excited to be friends with these guys.
0: I... I, So what is the point, dramatically, in the in the revelation that the only thing he found was maybe a little more familiarity on the bridge, but that mostly comes from a strong <laughs> sense of family. family. Listen, was some writer worried that we were going to be like, I don't know, man, these, this investigation, where everybody backed Picard 100% all the time, This this will have led to rifts, like these people <laughs> are not gonna work to, like, how are they gonna stare each other in the eyes
2: after this? Like, <laughs> you,
0: you didn't really give us any reason to think that, like, what's the dramatic point in telling them that, they, well, you know what, these guys love each other.
2: I, okay, so here my answer to that is a question, just like Bert Aftley would say. <laughs> my statement is a question. Um, Is this, how much do you suppose they knew about bringing these two guys back? Remick and Quinn. Because if, it's, if they knew they were going to bring him back, maybe they wanted him to come off as super likable so that the next time you see him, you, you're not like, oh, it's that fucker again.
0: Well, that turn at the end was not enough.
2: No, I agree. I don't know. But they definitely wanted you to feel like, oh, he's not such a bad guy.
0: It's possible that they knew they were going to bring these guys back. It's also, po- and, and you know, since it happens in like eight episodes, that actually seems quite likely. It's also possible that they just wanted to be like, This was an investigation tactic, and Starfleet's not really made up of bad guys, and
2: we need this guy to be Federation. Yeah. Roddenberry would be like, we can't have an asshole in Starfleet, we're not like that in the 24th century.
0: So, you know, he's a dogged investigator, but in the end, he really admires these people, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. Um, I'll need time to answer. I need to know soon. I'll have an answer tonight, then. Yep. I just like that exchange. (laughs) Like, I guess he doesn't need that long to figure it out. Um, let's see. Mordok definitely saw his parents having sex in that room, right?
0: Uh, I mean.
2: He comes out. His shit. hands
0: are shaking. His weird prosthetic pinkies are shaking. He's,
2: he's revolted. Yeah,
0: that's what happened. And not only that, but he heard sex talk, too.
2: Yeah! Yeah! Oh! No, yeah! They were saying the dirtiest stuff. They about weren't what silently to do with humping it and what it felt yep. like.
0: Yep, they weren't silently humping. Nope. They were doing some role play. <sighs> like he's like, "Oh my god, why does my mom want to pretend that my dad's raping her or whatever?"
2: Yeah, she's like, "Oh no, don't put it on my harmonica. Oh no." <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. Ah. So, whatever he's inhaling out of that thing, it's yep. just cool that everybody else is secondhand smoking it all the time.
2: Yeah, where is the outrage about that?
0: Because it's like, if that shit is that safe, why don't they just pump it into the air for him?
2: Yeah. Yeah, Adam Carolla would be outraged about the uh, hypocrisy of this. Agreed. Um, Wesley goes into the room for the psych test and waits about 11 seconds and then says, maybe they forgot. No dog. Uh-huh. no, dog, you had to wait a whole 24 seconds for that explosion. You gotta be no, patient. Dog. Here's
0: what it is. They are in your head. <laughs> yeah. Bad. Maybe they forgot. The psych test could have been nothing.
2: Dude, you just sat down.
0: He didn't sit down. He stands there looking at the chair.
2: Oh, did he not sit in it?
0: I don't think he sits mm-hmm. down.
2: Well, either way, maybe they forgot is real dumb. Yeah. Like, he said they'd be a minute. He said, oh, it'll start in a minute. And it doesn't take, it takes 24 seconds before suddenly this, this shit's going off.
0: Hi, Marjan.
2: Judah says hi. She says hi as well. Um.
0: I didn't hear her say hi, but that's fine. I heard her put her keys down. Seems like I would have heard her say hi.
2: Go ahead. Um, so, uh, how dumb do you have to be to think that this explosion is unrelated to the psych test and just a thing that happened the moment, the moment you walked into the room for the psych test?
0: They are fucking. They are in his head like. um. That's the name of Troy's fiance from Haven. Uh, Wyatt. Wyatt. Wyatt Miller. They are in his head like Wyatt Miller talking to Riker about <laughs> how hard it must be to be a starship captain.
2: <laughs> just big dogging him. Yeah, because he's just yeah. like. He, they're like, all right, their psych test is about to begin. Explosion. Oh no, guys, there's an explosion. Somebody help. It's like, yeah, I mean, but, that, no, dude. That
0: vent has real cold air coming out of it.
2: Yeah, that's true. Um, especially when nobody else, just nobody came to help. He keeps calling for help. Nobody shows up. Yep. Um, hey, did Wesley do really well on the psych test or did they just do a bad job of choosing something he was afraid of? Can we dissect this? Cause, uh, that's a good question. he goes in there and he handles his business and he comes out like he didn't seem that afraid.
0: So uh, I think in part, this is the point, right? Like. If he failed this test, then he was not Academy material. Right. Like, if when faced with it, he was paralyzed because of his past and couldn't make this decision, then he was not ready. What do you think they do in that scenario? Do they then say, like, well, look, this was your psych test. You've got this issue. You should work on it. <laughs> do you know I what don't, I mean? Yeah, I like, don't know. Or are they just like, well, you're done. Sorry, sorry, 15-year-old. The thing that happened to your dad is still haunting you. Yeah, you're washed out. So...
2: <laughs> you just... You, you, aren't, you aren't Academy material. Sorry.
0: Could look on a freighter. We offer no protection for those things.
2: And then, finally, uh, I see conspiracies everywhere. Dog, I cannot wait to unpack this plot line in several weeks.
0: I know. Maybe I see conspiracies everywhere.
2: So that's what I had. I had like a whole page
3: of. Uh,
0: uh, let guys. me ask you this question, and uh, if you if if this is your first time going through Star Trek for some reason, pretend you didn't hear this. Uh, When Quinn and Remick came aboard, did you like, did you like stare at their necks in case there was oh, yeah. something that you'd never seen before? Yeah,
2: just anything peculiar, anything that might be going yeah, just on. An- in there? Just anything out
0: of the ordinary in that region,
2: mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. neckle yeah. region.
0: I definitely did an ocular pat-down on their neck regions, for sure. <laughs> Just
2: in case. Just, Just in case. case. it went back a little bit deeper, a little bit lower. Just longer. in
0: case, we were actually working with uh, J. Michael Straczynski here and not uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: well,
0: Maurice Hurley, I think, was the showrunner by this point.
2: Unfortunately, we were not. So how'd this thing do?
0: It did well. I gave it 22 points, Ooh. which is a high score for me. You gave it 25 points. Okay uh so forty seven so ten points ahead of arena uh last week's winner square of gothos was forty three we had a thirty five a thirty eight so forty seven is is really quite good um balance of terror did better at fifty five yeah. that's our all time leader phage did better at fifty and then we've had a couple of forty eights where no one has gone before and um uh, another one i'm not gonna look through all of them sure but so this is like the fifth best score we've given so far so it's in pretty good position this week Um, but there are three more episodes Oh, before I move on to the next one though, uh, I I did give the worst actor to Wesley Maybe They Forgot Crusher Yeah, It's really just for that line he was fine.
2: His character was less hateable than normal, but the acting's still not so great.
0: I gave best actor to Rondan
2: Friend, I like you And
0: here's a Here's a, did you notice, did you notice that we didn't say Tasha Yar at all this episode? (laughs)
2: Dude, it's like we're on a roll.
0: She's in it. She's on the bridge. She does not get interrogated. Leslie doesn't talk to her about her psych test, which must have been horrifying.
2: Yeah, actually, it's good that he didn't. He didn't need that going into the psych test. Hearing whatever she had to say. She's
0: from Rape Planet where cats aren't safe. So (laughs) her psych test must have been grim.
2: Yeah, actually do you suppose they just passed her? Do you suppose they There's just like went, you know, no, we, automatic pass. That's uh, you You it's passed cool, life.
0: I mean I also wonder where she learned how to do physics and stuff too, like when she went to school.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, there may be some specialized program they're entering into or something. Maybe they're yeah. gonna go into Red Squad or something.
0: Uh technically in this episode, <laughs> but I'm not, I don't remember whether she has a line or not, but she is not a part of the episode, so.
2: Troy's not in it much either. It's kind of, there's no, I mean, there's no mystery why Denise Crosby did not want to be on the, the dang show.
0: Yeah, they never thought of anything good to do with her. Yeah. They had her be kidnapped in week three, and then from that point on, nothing.
2: Yeah, uh, she was in the penalty box that one time. Oh,
0: God, that's right. Her one Her one scene is very bad. Yeah. Let's see. Where she just... The, just floods her basement because Picard says one nice thing like to her
2: a thing that anyone would say like a yep. pretty base level of like uh, this
0: is a fucked up situation I'm not gonna I'm not worried that you're crying
2: yeah and she's like oh fuck oh Jesus you said you're, all the right well things. your
0: life's in danger and you, you can do nothing but wait and the, we're faced with an overwhelming power so um, we're gonna let it slide that you're crying yeah, and she's, she's like, like well
2: checked all my boxes
0: it's go time
2: well, you didn't try to rape me
0: this week we watched Duet. Hmm.
2: Do you want to make your comment about whether or not that was the the best thing that you saw on Deep Space Nine this week, or the best thing you heard on Deep Space Nine?
0: Well, that's up in the air because I do really like that theme. Okay.
2: Alright. Uh, hey, dog, this Cardassian came to the station, and he's got a very special disease. That means he was a ver- in a very specific labor camp, known for mm-hmm. its atrocities.
0: During one specific incident.
2: Yes. So, they have to investigate this guy, because he's probably guilty of war crimes. Anyway, they think this guy's Gul Darheel, uh, who's a notorious Cardassian oppressor of the Bajorans during the occupation. Um... And after pretending that he's not for a little bit, he's like, oh, okay, you caught me. I'm Goldar Heel. Uh, But then it turns out he's not Goldar Heel. He's Goldar Heel's really guilty filing clerk or something. Mm -hmm. And and he feels bad about what happened. And he's tore up with guilt. Over the whole Bajoran occupation and the crimes that he personally witnessed at Galatep, was the name of the camp?
0: Galatep was the name.
2: And so he has like changed his face to look like Goldar Heel, and he's pretending to be Goldar Heel because he has a very convoluted plan to come to the Bajoran system to be prosecuted for the crimes of Goldar Heel because he doesn't think that Cardassia can ever truly atone or grow as a people uh, if they don't face uh, all the shit that they did during the occupation. So Kira's like, oh, you're a nice Cardassian, after all. Oh, we're not gonna do anything to you. But then the dude stabs him.
0: Yep, a Bajoran drunk stabs him.
2: And then we get some real early sci-fi ending to this episode where the mor- the morals of the episode are told to us by the characters. <laughs> Alright? That's what happened.
0: Yeah, um... I think we should actually take your take first, then, if you think that someone said the morals out loud.
2: I actually ended up giving this thing bonus points for having three easily discernible takes. Okay. So talking about patriotism, sacrifice, national guilt, are all oppressors evil or are some of them too scared to act duty versus revenge? I don't have a problem with it exploring all these themes because that's sort of the whole point of the show is to, to let's get this shit out there and and get after it. More focus would have been nice. But if your subject matter's complicated, that's okay. I ended up going with, are all oppressors evil? Or are some of them too scared to act? Because this guy clearly has a conscience. He's worried about all the shit that's happening to the Bajorans during the occupation, but he don't know what to do about it. And he feels horrible about it after the fact that all he could do was sit and cover his ears and cry or whatever while all the Bajorans were getting murdered. Um, so that's that's what i went with as the take and i thought that was i thought with the bonus points that's as much as an 8
0: at 8 yep. wow okay um here is what i thought the take was atrocities take their toll on the perpetrators as well as the victims okay so this cardassian who has the least Cardassian name we've ever heard so far.
2: But still a good college football name.
0: A- Eamon Maritza is mm-hmm. his name? Is it Eamon? I didn't write his first name down.
2: It, it's something like that. It's Eamon
0: or Aaron Maritza. It just could be a person.
2: <laughs> right, yes. Yep.
0: Um, he done went crazy.
2: Oh, he's in, for sure an insane person.
0: He is absolutely an insane So, you talked about his convoluted plot.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, what yeah, I don't think do you already want to jump into that?
0: What I don't think you mentioned is that he was surgically altered to look like Guldar Heel. Yeah, yeah. 5 years ago. Yes. So for 4 years Dog, It's called And 11 months. Lay
2: of the groundwork.
0: He has just been teaching filing at this military academy.
2: As Guldar Heel.
0: No, as Eamon Maritza. But with the Gull who Gull just looks like Guldar Heel.
3: Yeah. Right.
0: he was not claiming to be Gul'dar Hill. So it's not clear at all to me, by the way. Many things are not clear about this. It's not clear at all to me when he decided he was going to hit up DS9 and get put on trial for war crimes.
2: It's an insane I, plan. I think
0: there's a take here where he just made himself look like Gul'dar Heel because he was affected by what happened at this camp and Gul'dar Heel wasn't.
2: Yes, he talks a and, lot about when he's pretending to be Galdar Heel about the weakling Aunt Maritza who was such yep. a little bitch about everything.
0: And his Galdar Heel persona is so glad that all, the, all the, the Cardassians killed all those Bajorans and he wished they'd killed them all. And so I think there's a take here where he has been transitioning to Galdar Heel as a method of coming to terms with what happened there. By just faking it until he makes it. Maybe. As a guy who is fine with all of the war crimes.
2: Yeah, but except... Okay, except a couple of things. One, faking being Goldar Heel will only work if you're not among Cardassians, because all the Cardassians knew he was dead. And so that would mean he'd have to be crazy. Except that in the end, he seems quite rational about the reasons behind it and talks about the how this was just a plan he had and all the terrible guilt and everything and how he meant to come here and be on trial or whatever. Yeah. So, but since when? Yes. So the answer, as always, is bad writing. Bad writing is yeah, the answer I to the problems. I guess that's true. <laughs>
0: uh, anyway, I felt like this was actually an episode about what being at this, they don't say it, but basically concentration camp, mm-hmm. did to him. So, I give that take a four. Oh, boy. And um here's why. Okay. If that's the only reason you can think of to not do some atrocities.
2: That atrocities were bad when you saw them. It,
0: right, that that hey, it might affect you
2: oh, if yes. you do an atrocity. Yeah, yeah, you'll feel bad after you do it. You're right.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, um
2: <laughs> That's not a good enough reason.
0: Yeah. I don't like that. I don't I don't care for that audience and I don't care if they learn any lessons. Okay. Uh, execution-wise, um, I thought there was a little too much focus on the mystery elements.
2: Yeah. The investigation of right, who is this guy and what's the deal.
0: Uh, so my, my execution take for this was a five, but we have some additions and deductions to consider. Oh, Okay. So I am giving... It was a five a, for
2: difficulty. Now what Now what about the individual elements? Yeah, that's
0: correct. Individual elements. Uh, I'm giving it a plus one here for not having a weird virus affect the station. And I was so nervous. When he showed up with that in, disease? In Act 4 or um, whatever, when O'Brien and that Bajoran engineer yeah. are under a console. Yes. And it turns out they were just installing Photoshop, but <laughs> uh, but I was like, oh no, oh I thought we weren't going to have one of these we're for a third week a in a row. Weird
3: phenomena come to the station.
0: So it's a plus one for that, but I also gave it minus two for student filmmaking.
2: Um, now, which... which is
0: that ending scene that you talked about a little bit? <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned it Don't at worry. the end; he gets stabbed. And as he lies dying on the promenade in Kira's arms, mm-hmm. or instantly dead, because that's how this show is. So find
2: him, the Cardassians have a secret spot on their back where if you stab them, they die.
0: It just immediately. Yeah. There is a crane shot that brings them up, mm-hmm. and there is a flickering light in the promenade that is lighting them. Um, and it's just so much. Yep. This is... This
2: is some uh, in the heat of the night shit.
0: This is the opposite of the interrogation scene filmmaking from uh, Coming of Age, in that uh, the reaction I had was not, oh, that's fun, I don't remember that. It was, I burst out laughing. (laughs) Yes. Because I saw the flickering before they pulled up, and I thought, huh, is this like a bad transfer? Because I know they didn't remaster these. Yeah. And then I thought, you know, this is what it looked like in uh, The Hobbit when they shot at 48 frames a second or whatever. Right. And then slowed it down. Uh but no, when you see that the flickering light is just one of the lights on the promenade is flickering for no reason but ambiance. Yeah. Um it's just they were trying so hard and I just they made it. Like, Do they not know it's Deep Space Nine?
2: They wanted this to happen on like some New Orleans streets under some under some street lamps.
0: They were doing an art yeah. and um, it didn't work for me. So I give it a minus two for student filmmaking. So we end up at a four on mm-hmm. execution here.
2: Yeah, I mean, compared to a lot of the DS9s we've seen so far, this episode was extremely watchable. Yes. But it has so many execution problems, even outside of the premise. Uh, Not well executed in general. Nana Visitor has some acting challenges. Mm -hmm. And while the confrontation in the end with them in the interrogation room was ably done, it probably would have been much better, and so would the whole episode, if the interplay between them up to that point was, was good at all. Yeah, uh, I think it's the wrong actors or something. It just wasn't—it wasn't right between them. It didn't seem well right. or average he, writing, probably. But like,
0: let's let's be one hundred percent clear on this. This should have been J-Rock.
2: oh Yes, yeah, Like I said that too out loud. I said, well, this guest guy he would have been better if he was Jerrock Yep, <laughs> whoever he was, he tried. I mean, he, sometimes it, he sounded like he was a a pro wrestler, though.
0: He wasn't the worst part. Yeah, of this episode. But Jara could have sold it, or Katsoulis. I mean, yeah, just somebody. Um, the, the guy who played Timison maybe would have been better.
2: Yeah, it just when the guy was like being real bombastic when he was channeling his Mussolini or whatever, it it mm-hmm. felt really, it felt like a lot.
0: It was a kind of a lot.
2: And Kira, this does was a lot too.
0: this was community theater work, yeah. basically.
2: I don't want to see this one when I go to the theater to watch Star Trek. I, I want to watch. I want to watch That's, coming of age.
0: It's going to be the storyteller, and you're going to be pissed.
2: <laughs> I uh, I did like Kira coming face to face with what she thought was absolute evil in one scene midway through, like where the guys just really bragging about all yep. the Bajorans, and she is not nearly as strong about it as she probably thought she would be. You know, she's like genuinely disturbed and kind of have to back out of the room, like holy shit, like not
0: yeah, she doesn't the
2: real bad guys.
0: She doesn't want to clean up the bridge the way Riker did. She, it's not the reaction she expected.
2: Right. So I, I like that. That was effective. But that last unnecessary Twilight Zone scene where the guy's like, he's a Cardassian, that's good enough. And she's like, she's like, no. It's not. It's like, oh boy. Pan out for this garbage. Um, just some things like I was... I had some some nits to pick. Kira saying that this guy is a war criminal is somehow enough to have Odo throw him out of the infirmary and into the brig. Like, without any evidence. She just walks yep. in and goes, this guy's a war criminal. And Odo's like, alright! You, you heard her!
0: Interesting.
2: Then Kira says what she did wasn't even legal mm-hmm. to Cisco. She's like, probably wasn't even legal, but you know what? I did it. Then at the end, she lets him go again on her own. She just goes, I heard what I need to hear, and uh, turns off the force field and lets him out. Why is she allowed to be in these investigations? Yep. And then again, this guy had a Batman villain plan that relied on (laughs) so many assumptions and possibilities. But because it was right, written way, to, it all went the way he wanted.
0: Never clear at all to me whether he knows or not that Gul'dar Heel was dead.
2: I know, right? That seems like he probably shouldn't have picked someone who's known to be dead.
0: Well, but he'd been wearing his face for five years, it was too late to change.
2: <laughs> he just... I should have been Ducat. Alright, so he books passage on a shuttle.
0: Yes, that okay. so he knows is going to stop at DS9. He's
2: definitely going to DS9. Let's say he gets to DS9, and Kira's not there, right? She's down yep. on the planet or something, and this gets handed off like, to dax
0: uh, it's we've got a uh, we've got a Cardassian who's got colonar syndrome or whatever
2: yeah goes to the infirmary they treat this dude uh, Cardassian better get him out of here quick. he's not popular on this station
1: yeah what happens like then? having him around
2: do they just do they pass him along or as he's being put back on the shuttle does he shout, "Do you know who I am? I've got that heel.
0: God, I mean Amon Maritza.
1: <laughs> like,
2: how does he expect like what if he just didn't get any reaction? What was gonna ha- what was the next part of the plan? Uh, then yeah. he's pretending to be a different guy. Yes himself. He's pretending to be Avan Maritza. Yep. So what if they just go, I don't know, he says Amen Maritza, some nobody. Yep. Does he then again Go! I fooled you. I'm
1: called you
0: Oh yeah, he was a, he was at Galatea, but he was a filing clerk.
2: I just—it's
0: mm. probably not a war criminal. I
2: don't understand how this plan is supposed to come together. Uh huh. But it was written to, so it it, went, it came together for him.
0: That's fucking Operation Ten Go again. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Everything in Star Trek was planned by the IJN. It doesn't. It's like.
2: Anyway, I I thought overall the themes and and some of the stuff they did with the way Kira was affected, I thought it was fine. It was just a problematic episode. I I gave it a five. A
0: five. Uh, well, we should probably move on.
3: Ben's pick of the week.
2: Hi, this is Ben Town, your remote Star Trek edition correspondent with my pick of the week.
3: Pick of the week.
0: Yeah, Ben gave it an eight for execution.
3: Damn.
0: This was his top-rated episode this week. Um... I mean, he gave a note before he got into any categorization that says, wow, did we actually find a good episode of DS9?
2: Yeah, I think we talked about a little bit coming into this, that this one was generally thought of as being one of the stronger early DS9 episodes.
0: I mean, it's the one for... It's the one (sighs) that everyone likes from the first season, at least. Yeah. So, uh, his take. Rising Above Hatred is desirable and attainable. I give it maybe an extra point or two for being a good Star Trek take, as well as just good life advice. Even though it's not really a hot take, since the New Testament. Right. Okay. It's, it's very true. Uh, also, that makes this an episode about Kira, which I guess it is. But is it?
2: Yeah. I yeah. I didn't. My take wasn't really about her, and I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. Um. I also gave it a seven for take, and he gave it an, a straight up eight for execution. Uh, He says this one was not obvious at all and let Kira finally put her demons to bed and for real sign on with Starfleet symbolically. So he thinks she's had a Chakotay moment. Uh.
2: Chakotay had his minute one. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, She was uh, able to finally get over her revenge impulses to learn the truth through a convoluted storyline, which even so was pretty tightly crafted. Even the death was right on in Hamlet style.
3: Boy, well, I mean. There
0: was really no possibility of a good outcome for that Cardassian, so his guilt was ended, and the Bajoran anger was again shown to be misguided.
1: Oh. I liked
0: almost I liked almost everything, he wrote. And then, did you notice, and then nothing else. So I think he that gave us half a thought there. Okay. But an eight for execution.
2: Uh, I'm not sure that the Bajoran hatred is uh, irrational or anything.
0: Uh, Yeah, they did. Uh, When this guy... When they talk about what happened at Galatep... It was pretty bad. Yeah, I'll get into it. There in was world a lot building. of, there was a lot of rapes and murders. Mm. So, people and the Cardassians seem to love doing stuff in front of other people. Yeah, I think they're exhibitionists. I think
2: so too. Why don't we jump into world building? Because I want to talk about uh,
0: some of that. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, by the way, I gave this eight on the front end, and you gave it thirteen, oh and Ben only gave it fifteen. So really, you two aren't that far off on the on the front half of this episode. But you
2: and I are pretty far off.
0: You and I are way off. Yeah.
2: Um, Kalanora. That's the disease, right? Yes. Uh, Galatop was the camp. We already talked about that. So, not sure how much detail we usually get about the Cardassian occupation and the associated atrocities, but Kira was pretty clear about some of them in a way that I think was a little bit new. Yes. I I think chronologically... Ro, Laren, and TNG may have already told us that her dad was killed in front of her, but that might not have happened yet. She might have told us that later. But anyway, she does talk about uh, women being raped in front of their children and uh, all kinds of bad shit going down. So she gave us some, some clear details.
0: She did. A couple of things. One, she liberated that camp.
2: yes. So she got to come upon it.
0: Very personal for her. This may not be... Not everyone may have such strong feelings about Galatap. Right. It's kind of like if uh, one of the Cardassians that came aboard in The Wounded had been from Setlik 3.
2: Yeah, then O'Brien would have wanted him to be a dead person.
0: One presumes. Although he hates what he became because of him. Because it's a better (laughs) show.
2: It is a better show, you're right. O'Brien, having that thought makes it a better show.
0: Yeah, it's like some self-awareness like an adult, so oh, it's... I
2: can't wait till we get to that. Ah, uh, he puts the drink down, and he, go- and he gives him it two, two steps. It's not you yep. I hate, Cardassian. Starts to walk away. Turns around a little bit. It's what I became because of you.
0: Boom! Yep. Boom. <laughs> um...
2: I always thought that the Federation started using synthahol because it was just like alcohol, but you didn't get wrecked. But there are a lot of drunk people in Star Trek. In this yeah. show in particular, is it because Quark just serves the real thing?
0: Probably. Okay. It's in Quark's benefit for people to get wrecked.
2: Just, I just feel like synthahol maybe didn't catch on or something. I don't know. Uh, Odo asks Dax to route Dukat's call to his office. And she responds, Aye, sir. I don't know what the command structure is on Deep Space Nine.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
2: Does she report to Odo?
0: Probably not. Uh, He doesn't seem to have a rank.
2: (laughs) They just call him Constable. He's the
0: Chief of Security, but she's...
2: Not in security.
0: science officer.
2: Yeah, she's actually in the chain of command somewhere. Right. But he just straight says, Hi, sir. Uh,
0: Unless I'm wrong, she's the second highest ranked Starfleet officer on the station. She is. So,
2: I could yeah, not figure odd. out what happened on that one. Uh, that was all I could figure out for this. I gave it a four. Okay. I mean, except That's for all of, four, the, huh? all of the Amon Maritza uh, okay. background stuff, all that.
0: Uh, okay, so a disease that uniquely identifies victims of a single industrial accident.
2: Except that the Cardassians have a version of it that is extremely similar and unrelated.
0: Yes, although there are definitely signs that distinguish them medically, okay. which. Bashir has no trouble looking up.
2: Good.
3: Good.
0: Uh, Maybe Cardassia is an empire.
2: Yes. The structure
0: of Cardassia is murky at this point.
2: Yeah, we've come to know them as the Cardassian Union, but in this episode, you are right. They are referred to many times as the Empire.
0: Okay, uh, do you think Cardassia's... It's not great that this is a question. Do you think Cardassia's withdrawal included some provision for war crimes trials? Or is this based on some principle of space law we don't know about? Or is the entire thing extra legal?
2: Well, uh, so, I think it is within Bajoran law that if they find a Cardassian, they will try them for war crimes.
0: So the big parallels mm. are the Nuremberg trials, etc. Right. Right. But those are were legal because of the acts of surrender. The Cardassian withdrawal from Bajor, I don't think included something like that.
3: Yeah.
2: Yes, I'm just, I'm saying, regardless of what the, everyone agreed to when they withdrew, it's very clear that any Cardassians that are caught by the Bajorans, they will put on trial.
0: I think, uh, and, I, and this is why I asked whether it's a principle of space law, that, you know, there, there is plenty of uh, precedent on Earth for citizens of one nation being put on trial, in another nation for a crime committed there. I mean, for instance, people from other countries keep getting executed in Indonesia for drug crimes and so on. Right, right. Uh, but yeah. Yes. I'm not sure exactly
2: want, what the legal structure is. What is,
0: th- what is the basis for charging someone with a war crime yeah. in this world?
2: And it's true. Cisco doesn't seem to have any particular qualms about that part of it.
0: And then uh, future photography uh, must work on some kind of light field model, like a Lytro camera, because all of those objects are positioned in 3D space during the uh, enhanced sequence.
2: Yeah, the the very typical sci-fi enhanced sequence.
0: Yeah, we've already seen it. Um, in the episode where Riker kills his girlfriend, I never remember the name of that damn episode.
2: Where Riker kills his girlfriend? Are you talking about a matter of perspective?
0: No, I'm talking about Yuda of the Clan Trelesca. Oh, the, mm, the, the... The... The
2: something. The something?
0: It's not the, it's not the survivors, because that's um, the Hoosnok episode, right?
2: Right. Uh, mm, uh, hold on, I'm gonna get this one. I'm gonna get it. One of the clans of Akamar. the episode that they appear in, is... That'd be kidding me. The vengeance factor, so I... The
0: vengeance factor sounds like a TOS episode. It
2: really does. <clears throat>
0: um, we've seen Federation magical image enhancement in, in that one already by this time, but... Uh,
2: yes, and we will see it again in unification. Yeah.
0: But there are cameras now that operate on, in our world, that operate on different principles and can allow you to change the focus of the image after the fact, for instance. Hmm. They I mean they can't move you through 3D space like that yet, but maybe soon. Watching how that enhance works, maybe uh, gives you some idea of how images are captured in the space future.
2: Okay, all right, I'm with you. If you're
0: being charitable, yeah, I gave it a five for world building. Okay. Uh, what do you think? Of
2: a, a common uh, stumbling block for DS9. What do you think of the characterization?
0: So I gave it a five again. Okay. Which again is not an amazing score, but it's better than I gave TOS this week. So it's this is not the worst thing we've ever seen in the Star Trek universe, characterization wise.
3: Right.
0: Um, we get a very brief amount of quirk in this one, but he's back to his old slime ball tricks uh, right away. So there's that. That's fun. Uh, I thought uh, so. It loses most of its points for how quick Kira's one eighty is mm-hmm. on this guy when she realizes that he's, like, legit insane, he was still at that camp.
2: Yeah, and didn't do a damn thing.
0: And he knew that atrocities were being committed there.
2: That's right, he says it himself.
0: And he hid in his bunk like a coward. She Tells him she's not going to let another good man die.
2: (laughs) That's her definition of a good man. I guess, you know what, she probably hasn't known a lot of good ones.
0: That's that's probably true. It's just Kirk Douglas uh, and his kiln. (laughs) That's and uh now Amen and Maritza.
2: She's just met the two, and both were after the war, so. Uh
0: Cisco curiously involved in this week's doings.
2: Yeah, in a way he is.
0: And uh finally, Odo's unhinged suspiciousness finally saved somebody's life. That's true. How did he know you were in the Shakar?
2: To be fair, I don't I don't know, we'll talk about this. I don't know if it's in my quick hitters or what. When he said that, I picked off that she had not told him that, but I, because of the quality of writing of the show, I assumed it was a continuity error.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of reasons.
2: I assumed, I, I picked it off, I went, she didn't tell him that, and I went, oh, they probably had it in an earlier part of the draft, and it got taken out, and they forgot to take this part out. Yep. <laughs> that's. I've yep. become so suspicious of the uh, writing, that when they make a writing thing, I go, hmm, that must just be a mistake.
0: Yep, yeah, DS9 teaches you how to evaluate it, and so far, that's where we are here. <laughs> right. When the best characterization, the best character writing that we've seen so far was Sex stacks, <laughs> It's uh it's teaching you something. Yeah. Anyway, like I said, I gave it 5. I actually thought it wasn't it was middle of the road characterization, but it wasn't actually bad.
2: Um hey, what was it? It's like
0: it's inconsistent that Cisco's so involved in stuff this time, but I want him to be more involved, so
2: Trying to, give him some, trying to encourage kind of him like, by giving like him it's, points?
0: Hey, it's, I'm going to pretend it's movement in the right direction and not just a mistake accident. Yeah, uh,
2: I'll start with Sisko then, because I had kind of a different view of it. So he does a, a moderately irresponsible job, caught in between the Bajorans, what he thinks the Federation will want, and the <laughs> Cardassians over this prisoner. And I thought, as always, he was kind of passive. I feel like Picard would have told people his stance in minute one and held his ground on what to do with this guy. Yep. Cisco just seems to kind of be like, oh, I don't know if you can do that. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Oh, boy, I don't know. I guess I'll let you handle it. Oh, boy. Um." Can I
0: say about that, though, that Picard is kind of, he's not particularly mouthy when he runs into a real-life war criminal, Admiral Mark Jameson.
2: (laughs) Season one Picard (laughs) just goes, oh, he sold him weapons. Oh, well, I can't say I agree with your decision. And that's as far as it goes. <laughs> um, Maybe his frustration over this incident is why he snaps at Dax when the photo hasn't been enhanced within one half second. Yeah. You're going to have to do better than that. It's like, Doc, she's working on it. She just pulled the photo up.
0: Doc, you just saw an impossible thing happen. What are we doing? <laughs>
2: He's getting so mad at her.
0: Did you not see that O'Brien had to take the computer apart to do this?
1: <laughs> yeah, this is not. It could easy. take a minute.
2: <laughs> and she just looks at him like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Which I thought was legit. Um, what was up with that opening scene? Why is Dax so proud of her past as a vandal? What was happening?
3: Oh yeah, that was
2: the worst small talk banter ever.
3: It's
0: not good. They ha- <sighs>
2: look. Hey, this is what friends is there- talk about.
0: So here are some scenes that have taken place between Dax and Kira. Uh-huh. To establish that they're that they're friends, I guess.
2: Right.
0: Dax likes Morn.
2: Yep. She's into Morn.
0: Dax likes getting catcalled.
2: God, yeah, she does.
0: Dax was a, a vandal. A teenage vandal. Yeah, dude. Child vandal. And Kira's a and Kira's a racist.
2: Yes. With some rocks in her hand, she's she was deadly or whatever she was a window breaker yeah it's like shit what okay um Odo refers to this Cardassian dude as this the racists of the future are pretty intense yep uh Odo tells Kira to go and lie down for a while
0: he does (laughs) she's hysterical so
2: super patronizing
0: you should tell her to loosen her corset you know Take some smelling salts. I
2: couldn't believe it. And she just goes, oh, okay, thanks. Um, but he's clearly the best investigator on the ship. Please give him the job from now on, Benjamin, and leave Kira out of it.
0: Uh, for real. Well, Kira asked for a personal favor.
2: Ugh. Nana Visitor's acting has taken a huge step back since Progress, and it's making me feel worse about her character. <laughs> she She ran into the acting monster in this episode.
0: So they gave her as much to do in this episode as they
2: gave Neelix... In yeah.
0: the episode that did have j in it. Yeah. I don't remember. j is the name of that episode?
2: <laughs> yeah, yes, unfortunately that is what they named
3: it.
0: <laughs> uh, they gave her as much to do in this as they gave Neelix. And she acquits herself worse. Yeah, she was not up S- to like, it. Like, significantly worse than Ethan Phillips. Is that that guy's name?
2: Oh, good job. Nice pull. I would not have remembered that until you said it. Um. Yes. No, she's not up to it. And again, I thought she did better in the one with Kirk Douglas. As you keep calling him. Yep. <laughs> I thought she was better in that one. But this one is just, it was real melodramatic. Um, also, she's a bad interrogator. Mm-hmm. Just talking about her personal shit, using mm-hmm. no guile or deception whatsoever. Just yeah, walks like Odo... in and shouts at him, How did you know I was in the Shakar Resistance Movement? Yeah,
0: when, when she says to Odo, How dare he talk about the Shakar? And Odo says, Hey, maybe don't talk about your personal life <laughs> with uh, the with, uh, war criminals. And she's, then that's like, I never told him I was in the shakar. Fine, but... but, but
2: you're missing the point. Please don't do that anymore. But
0: you are still guilty of the thing Odo said, (laughs) so... Like, you're not keeping a... You can't be cool about this even for a second.
2: (laughs) She's just got nothing going on. Um, Nana Visitor has a weird way of standing and gesturing and inflecting. What's her actor's secret again? Does she have an actor's secret for Kira? I
0: always thought it was lesbian.
2: Okay, because whatever it is, she's... She's doing some. I always good.
0: thought she's attracted to Dax, but uh, she she's not doing a good Garrick characterization of it.
2: No, Garrick does much better.
0: Also, uh, hey, where's Garrick? Where's Garrick?
2: Yeah, he ain't been on the show in like fifty. He days.
0: hasn't been on the show in a while, and clearly, this drunk will stab any Cardassian.
2: <laughs> Garrick, watch
0: out! <laughs> Look out, Garrick! Although Garrick, we will learn, is pretty capable.
2: That's a really good point, though. This this guy's real stabby. Yeah. How does he, he never go Garrick? past
0: the, the tailor shop? I know we haven't seen him in 15 episodes, but does he...
2: Does Garrick does never guy, go outside of the tailor shop?
0: He just lives in there, and he's like, yeah, most of the Bajorans out there will stab me if I go outside. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, Odo, no weapons on the promenade? Yeah. I guess that's only phasers?
2: Yeah, you got all the knives you want. <clears throat> um, Let's see. Sorry,
0: we're still doing characterization. I, this is getting quick-hittery.
2: Uh, Ducat now qualifies, dude. This is at least episode two for him.
0: Uh, And by the way, uh, I thought so, and Ben thought so. He steals the scenes he's in.
2: He seems like he's an ass, but kind of reasonable, and why... He
0: he seems like a person that could exist. I have
2: it in my quick hitters, not in my characterization, but I have it in my quick hitters how excited I was when Gullalimo showed up. I mean, (laughs) Gullalimo. When Mark Limo shows up, I just call him Gull. Go as Gul I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah, all right. Gul Because he uh, can More act- like,
0: it's Teabok or whatever. <laughs> hey, whichever one he was. Right.
2: Because he can, like, act a little bit and use inflection yeah. in his voice. And, like, seems like he's interested in what's happening.
0: Well, listen, you had this feeling when Shran showed up the second time, too. Oh. Where you were like, oh, fuck,
2: it's Shran. Well, it's the commonality, DS9 and Enterprise, they created a whole cast of characters that you don't like. That's right. <laughs> so when someone else shows up, you go, "Oh, good, someone else." Uh, anyway, all that was worth a four for me.
0: Okay, four. I think that's reasonable. We'll talk about Ben's back half in a minute, since this is his pick of the week. But this is, here's my real question: Is there a what is who is the most likable character on Deep Space Nine?
2: Can I count Gul Can I count Galileo?
0: Is he likable? Because <laughs> the
2: actor is doing. He's such not a, a good job. dude. Um. Okay. In terms of the main cast, likable. Well. Okay. So we've got. Weird, grumpy old O'Brien. Not the O'Brien yeah, on
0: it. Should be O'Brien, days. but they, but they've done. They've been weird with his character.
2: Cisco's either asleep or shouting. Yep. Um, I don't like Jake very much.
0: Dax is on heroin. Am I right about Dax this? Like, she's she's just packed. having daydreams.
2: She's done. She's toasted.
0: Um, she's like Harry Kim in that one scene where he gets a phaser pulled on him. <laughs> yes, but all the time, and no one pulls a phaser.
2: Yeah, I think I, they want us to think it's either Odo or Kira, I guess. But I don't. I would not say that I like them. I would not say I like either of them. Quark, I guess. Quark the rapist is the likable character.
0: <laughs> Quark the sex trafficker, for sure. Huh? He's the one. And set and known mercenary contact it's not
2: Quark Bashir the creeper at all. He nope. is very unlikable.
0: Well, they set him up to be unlikable. I know, but I feel You're like, not supposed to like him.
2: Even though I think they purposely set him up to be like that, and I can't he's, figure he's out why. He's more
0: unlikable than he should be.
2: It, they've, they have accidentally set everybody up to be unlikable. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I can jump in and do quick hitters. Do you want me to do that?
0: Yeah, hit me with your best shot. Uh,
2: you can also add Rack Munis to the list of plausible college football names.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
2: Uh, also, Guldar heel.
3: Well,
0: I did. I did wonder whether Sir Macran was a point guard for the Guldar <laughs> heels.
3: Uh, um,
2: all the cases of Kalanora that I know of. Thanks, Kira. Yep, it was very scientific. Your explanation.
0: She's very certain.
2: Did uh, Did she call security on this Kardashian guy because of his Gene Simmons hairdo? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I wanted to call security on him for that reason. <laughs> uh, Nana Visitor's acting monster showed up. Um, Sisko makes the common sense call to have Odo run the investigation, and Kira can't figure it out. Yep. Maybe it's because Sisko isn't very clear about people's responsibilities, and he's already had her lead like four separate criminal investigations. <laughs> that she can't figure out why she's not running this one.
0: He made her the Trill expert in Dax's trial, I couldn't, in her murder trial. I couldn't
2: figure it out. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, I had worst actor should be Kira, but this drunk Bajoran's giving her a run for her money.
0: Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, How bad are the actors and characters on this show that just the appearance of the sarcastic Mark Alamo as Gul made me smile? That's where I had it. Uh, is this the same Bajoran chick getting lines as last week? Or a different oh, She one. was in a
0: different colored uniform last week.
2: Was it a different actress playing the same character? Or a different actress playing a new character? Because the other actress left? I have questions about why they're giving her lines.
0: I don't know. Neither one of them had a name, but both of them had lines. It's
2: creeping me out. I don't get it. Normally, that's a Fresca situation, but...
0: Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, like, look. This happens in The Next Generation, too. Sonia Gomez is in three episodes and then disappears. Ro Lahren's in about four episodes total. Yeah, so maybe six.
2: She's in a lot in season five. I think they were trying her out. Like they <laughs> well, were gonna be like, "Hey, maybe you'll be a main character." And she's like, no, "Okay,
0: thanks. So is this the time to ask the question? Uh-huh. Do you like DS Nine better if, uh-huh. as they intended, yes. Rolerin is Cisco's the, first the officer?" Is
2: obviously, yes.
0: It's clearly yes because but Michelle Forbes is much better, right?
2: I would say yes, except that look what they did to Colmena and O'Brien. Yeah. He well, would have been, who, by all rights, as a fine actor, and O'Brien was likable and not right. anymore. more.
0: Yeah. Well, they gave him. Instead, they gave him Power Play O'Brien, so they for sure would have given uh, Conundrum given us Ro Conundrum Rolera. Yeah,
2: that's right. <laughs> yeah, they would have blown it bad. So I would. I want to say yes. I, I'm afraid they would have blown it anyway.
0: Or Rascals Rolera, and, and she no. would have been like, "But I was a kid. <laughs> I, the, I'm, I didn't even portray her in that episode. Yeah,
2: she's, like childish all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um." The photo caption issue, where mm-hmm. the, pho- the photo said the one guy was heel, but but then they had that guy in their cell and he was a Moritz or whatever. That might like raise a question, but I would at least be willing to believe it was a messed up caption. <laughs> captioned wrong. Because like that happens sometimes. But they're like, like, no, 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 that proves it.
0: And and Car- and the Cardassian uniforms are just black, so it's not like you can even be like, well, but no, but that guy is wearing a Gull's uniform.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to tell. But they're like, no, the caption says so, so it is. Um, <clears throat> the writing, in Star- again, I have this here, the writing is so bad in Star Trek that although I noticed he was the one who brought up the Shakar resistance movement first, I assumed it was a continuity error. Kind of takes the oomph out of that realization. Uh, That's yeah, all does. I had for quick hitters.
0: I have a few. Um, is Kira's "which you remark to Dax racist?
2: Yes, for sure. Okay,
0: yep. Does this disease setup have any real world parallels?
2: uh where someone contracted a disease from one event
0: and you you know for sure i get, that um, they were at one particular event cuz they got one disease you could like probably... it for sure would have be called galatep syndrome right
2: yeah i mean you would probably assume that radiation things in eastern europe you could relate to chernobyl right i guess maybe if you yeah. had like a you were born with a weird arm or something or you, or you had some or you had a radiation sickness you might or like same thing in Hiroshima or Nagasaki I guess those are specific events it's not really a disease but it's the same kind of thing where one event triggered something that's all I could think of
0: uh O'Brien sets cure up with an unlicensed copy of Photoshop <laughs> uh are we relitigating the Nuremberg trials here when she straight up tells the guy he was only one man what could he do Yeah. Like, by the way, oh, okay, we're letting all the Nazis off the hook.
2: That's all of them. Yep,
0: every one of them. uh, They were all only one man, so. Uh, Last week, we learned that Sick Bay is basically in between Quarks and the security office. Okay. So, that's exactly where Maritza gets stabbed. Yeah. But let's not call for help for this non fatal, even in the 20th century, wound.
2: Dude, you saw he died instantly. There was no point.
3: Yeah yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, Um, They were just going to send Maritza back to his military academy. Have they like forgotten him. standard Starfeet treatment for mental illness? Making him forget his dad ever existed?
2: <laughs> it would be great if they had busted that out again. If he'd still remembered everything that happened at Galatep but couldn't know, didn't know who his dad was. Yep. It would have been amazing.
0: No, but I mean, for real, they were just going to send him back, yeah. and, but like... And let
2: Ducat deal with him, or whatever.
0: But, but by this time, it's got to be making the rounds that he made himself look like. Like, no one noticed, I guess, but, oh yeah, he does, he did make himself look exactly like Galdar Heel.
2: Well, they told Dukat, so if he's worried about it at all, he's going to do something about it.
0: And Dukat's going to make this guy disappear, right, if he makes it back? Well, like, this guy is him. very embarrassing yes. for the Cardassians.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, he was trying to be put on trial. He don't want that. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's a uh, it's a bad look for them. It's
2: a bad look for, again, a bad look for Akira and Starfleet to just be like, oh, alright, we'll just send you back to the Cardies where you will definitely disappear.
0: By the way, I said we would check in on Ben's second half, but we were so excited to do quick hitters. Um he gave it a six for world building. And the the in, one interesting thing that he brings up is it's that this episode is a reminder that Cardassia is a second rate interstellar power and they need to rape other planets for materials. Sure. Like that is his justification that's that's Maritza as Star Heel's justification for the invade the occupation of Bejor. Right. Is we needed your materials. We were to build our empire, which is something no one would ever say if it was true. <laughs> yes,
2: again, he sounds like if he, he's, if he
0: was really Heel. he's
2: going a little too big on his dictatorship.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, and he gave it a seven for characterization.
2: Wow, man, he really uh, loved this.
0: Saying uh, Kira regrets the bad stuff she did. I think he's reading into it a little bit. She maybe thinks about the bad stuff she did, but she's had a lot more. We've had more introspection about her role in the Rebellion in previous episodes.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, she turns out to be committed to the truth, etc. Mm. No, she she turns out to be a crazy
2: person. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> Makes um, a lot of rash decisions. <laughs> yeah, he loved this episode. What was his total on this, dude? It sounds like he got uh, so, like a million points. So when you
0: add it all up, a seven, an eight, a six, and a seven, he gave this shit 28 points. Alright, that is a Now, lot. I have... Never given an episode 28 points
2: Congratulations I know you pride yeah. yourself On your cynicism
0: On my harsh criticism of Star Trek yes. Despite the fact that I watched That we have now watched nope. 90 episodes of Star God, Trek
2: dude, So much time it's just, just Time keeps on slipping <laughs> dude into the future That's what I heard some,
0: some, Four of them shits were two parters too So think about that
2: Everybody who's not listening to this You're wasting us yeah. We're doing so much work for this
0: um, so Ben gave it a 28, you gave it a 21, I gave it an 18. Those are all we decent each, scores. We each scored it one higher than Arena, Arena
3: so, Arena did uh,
0: suck. wait, maybe even Ben, what did Ben give Arena? No, Ben gave Arena 19, he was, he was more in line with us on Arena. Yeah. Um, but we gave it a 39, which puts it in second place this Dude, week, and- has gotta
2: be one of the best DS9s then.
0: Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, We gave gave Progress a 40, but you were responsible for 25 of that 40.
2: Yeah. So this must be the second best one, because wasn't that the best DS9?
0: I think so. Dax got a 35, and Captive Pursuit got a 38. Oh, Babel got a 39. What? Yep. We didn't hate it yet. I gave it 18, and you (laughs) gave it... uh, No, sorry. I gave it 19, and you gave it 20.
2: I guess we didn't hate it yet, because I think that episode sucked.
0: That's not... I mean... (laughs)
2: Way link,
0: dude. Way link. Way link.
3: All right. Well, um, so it's in
0: second place this week. We have two more to get through. Uh, in the real world, it is ten twenty-three p.m. So no, no,
3: we're
0: doing good. Woof, good. we're doing good. Woof. Uh, this week we watched projections. Yeah.
2: I had very little to say about this one.
0: Uh, the Doctor wakes up on an empty Voyager, apparently attacked by the Kazon. Bellana appears and explains that there are projectors on critical decks now, presumably because the writers were already sick of this one interesting constraint. That's where I stopped writing what happened in this episode. I don't blame you. Uh, but from memory, uh, he he goes to the bridge... He finds Janeway. He goes to the kitchen. He helps Neelix fight a Kazon. Yep. Then he discovers that he's bleeding and he feels pain. Yep, which is which obviously is not supposed to happen. Very suspicious. Yeah. Then he gets back to uh sickbay and the computer tells him he's not a hologram and his name is Lewis Zimmerman. <sighs> yeah. Then a hologram of Barclay appears.
2: Yeah, sure. Sure.
0: Uh, Reginald Barkley from The Next Generation. We haven't met him yet, but we hate him, so don't worry.
2: Uh, and uh, he tells him that he, that Lewis Zimmerman uh, is stuck in a holodeck program and that they're all on the outside trying to get him out and that if anyway, he doesn't come the, out soon, he'll die.
0: The only way he's going to get out is if the program runs its course and that can only happen by Voyager reaching Earth or him blowing up Voyager. So he's got to go do that. So he goes down to the engineering uh to engineering in order to blow up the hollow projector to confirm that he's real somehow. Yeah. Uh, but then when he's there, I guess if he wants to destroy the ship he can. But then Chicote appears and tells him, no no. What happened is some some radiation got all up in your junk and now you have a mad
3: hallucination.
0: Now your program has just gone just nuts and the whole Barkley thing is not real. And if you blow up the ship in the simulation well, you'll die. It's not going to affect the real ship. Right. None of this is real, so, you know, go nuts there, but uh, but we'll lose you.
3: Yep. Uh, so, he
0: decides not to. They take him back. Then the cut Worf gave him when they were training for the mission starts <laughs> bleeding again. <laughs> he realizes that's not real. He kisses Kes.
2: Uh-huh. Yep. Then they
0: get him out of there for real. Great i mean woof
2: yeah I mean, really really this was i had so little respect for this episode i gotta say
0: so it, i mean it it jumps all over
2: uh well let's jump into it because i don't i want to get through this one quick because it was really bad okay uh i gave it a two on the take the take was for the fifth or sixth time what is the nature of the doctor yeah because uh, all this is he a person or a hologram stuff is for that purpose right
0: it's 100% what it is. How many
2: is. fucking times is it going to... I told you the last time it's going to score less every time we do this same take. It's... Yeah. yeah. Because... It's not good. Let's either figure it out or move on. Um, So I gave it a two.
0: Well, I mean, look, I wrote what is what makes a person a person, and I gave it a five. And I know it does feel generous because... Okay. I'm sure you're going to rough it
2: up in the other ones.
0: It's the 80th time. It's the 80th time we're having this conversation for I, sure, and
2: they never get anywhere.
0: But it's not the problem with the episode.
3: No, the problem with else the
0: episode is is, is not that it's not interesting. To determine whether the whether the fact that the Doctor is such a competent simulation that he appears to interact with people the way a normal person does means he's a person or not is a not really addressed. They don't discuss why he might be a real person. Yep. Instead they're just they just it. what if he was secretly a real person, which actually kind of sidesteps the issue because it does suggest that if he's not if he's a hologram. But then, but then Chakotay shows up later and says, "Look, you're real either way."
2: Yeah, well, that's who that's who he needed to get it from. He needed Chakotay to tell him. Um, <laughs> why did Chakotay go? It never mind. I don't even. Yeah, care. basically, my care.
0: problem with, the problem with the episode is not the take; it's a five take. Um, just check in. Uh yeah, Ben had it a five. Is the Doctor a real boy?
2: (laughs) Okay, good. Yeah, let's keep talking about it. Um, um, and so you jumped into some of the execution stuff.
0: Sure. Yeah. So the problem is the execution for sure. Uh. So first of all, I'm deducting two points for student filmmaking.
3: Okay. Good. As you should. There is
0: a hundred percent a scene where the Doctor, as Lewis Zimmerman on the medical bay speaks to the doctor as the hologram doctor Mm -hmm. standing over him with Janeway's voice. So that's
2: that's a minus two. That's basically a dream sequence.
0: That's a dream sequence. It's a dream sequence for sure. Um, okay. So execution, uh, it's a good choice to call back to the pilot before everyone has put on seven years of age and weight.
2: Yes. that is definitely a good way to do it take notes other shows oh too late
0: um but nothing is real here and the stakes are never clear and the stakes are never high yeah and this is handled better by about six next generation episodes
2: Uh uh-huh you're talking about the ones where they're trying to figure out if data's a person
0: mm -hmm, mm-hmm and the exocomps and we by the way even uh home soil is better yeah which uh well, let me let me walk it back I only gave 13 <laughs> points to home soil I didn't but give it a top. better take It's a better take on this premise yeah you give it 15 yeah. or 18 sorry oh, um, Really? Oh okay. Yeah. Uh so I gave it a 2 for
2: execution. Yeah. Uh all right so this was a new way of exploring this particular take. So that's the only points they're going to get from me? Um we all fucking knew he was a hologram and not a crazy person.
0: Well, so here is the thing. We knew for sure that uh, the previous 17 episodes of Voyager had not all been a simulation that Lewis Zimmerman was running. Right. So because fuck you.
2: Yeah, we knew Um, we knew that the real Voyager wasn't in any danger. We knew Kess wasn't his wife. So, like, who gives a fuck? Right. On any point.
0: Um oh did I mention that he kisses Cass uh, it's very bad. Yeah,
2: you said it. You said it. Uh he
0: he kisses her as a uh, human, human kiss. Yep. And then I don't know, she flirts with him again as Okampa Cass, whatever.
2: I didn't like it. Uh, and again, extreme similarities to dream sequences. I gave it a 3.
0: Yeah. Um Ben wrote uh lol This one is a Judas special, which takes place basically inside a dream, inside the fake doctor, inside the
2: holodeck. Exactly correct.
0: It was sort of like the movie Inception, but confusing. It was all danger and hype, and in the end there wasn't that much drama.
3: Yeah.
0: I didn't get why it had to be the doctor to shoot the core. Couldn't the other people do it, since it was all just a program anyway? If I were the doctor built with an ethics program, I would say, why don't I take the chance that I might die, compared to not being sure about destroying the whole ship?
3: Yep. Those are good too
0: points. many holes. Uh, 10 points for execution. Uh, <laughs> no, I no, gave it a four. I don't
2: like how much thought he put into it though. <laughs> he gave it a four. How was he able to put that much thought into it? Cause I had so much trouble watching it. I was just sitting there going, wow, like this is really not good.
0: This was particularly difficult to watch. So, I mean here, like the problem is, okay, we all know that he's really the hologram doctor because the show's not going to walk that premise all the way back. Yeah. But the second explanation for what's happening isn't any better.
2: You mean the one that really happened? Yeah. The one that radiation got in his program? Yeah. Radiation got in his program, and so. All of this. His
0: computer program fucking hallucinated all
2: of this? Yeah, that's what we are supposed to believe.
0: And it, like, looked up who programmed him, and that Barkley was there too, and then.
2: Tried to interpolate all of
3: that, yes.
0: And there's by the way there's enough data in Voyager that he can make a hologram of Barkley that looks and talks like Barkley. It's uh it's not just one picture in his file like in that episode where the guy jumps into the nacelles. And
2: it really does act like Barkley. So yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not good.
0: It's like the the alternate explanation is just as bad. And so that sucks.
2: Let me uh let me jump into world building here.
0: You really do want to burn through this shit
2: Um Lewis Zimmerman programmed the EMH (coughs) The doctor can get boned out (laughs) That's it One I give it a one Those weren't helpful to me
0: Uh huh Yeah It didn't do a whole lot better for me Uh Kinoplastic radiation Assuming that that's real I'm not 100% sure
2: it doesn't sound uh, right, but maybe
0: it is. And then the team of Zimmerman and Barkley, of course. Uh, I guess it makes sense that Barkley would go into holograms.
2: He does love Based him.
0: on some experiences he's going to have in the holodeck, including one where he gets turned into a supercomputer, so... You have to imagine that holodecks are now a pretty big part of his psyche. Yes. Uh I gave it a three for world building. Wow, okay. I guess it's interesting to learn some things about how the Doctor was programmed.
3: All right. Um,
2: yeah. It just... Knowing who did it doesn't really help me. Yeah. Unless that guy's gonna come back and like design a bunch of holograms or something. I don't know. Uh,
0: for, as far as characterization goes, uh, it didn't score a ton better. Uh, I gave it a four. Okay. Um, no one is real here except for the Doctor, who's in a very rough situation, mm. so it's difficult to award character points. But we have seen that he has this sort of existential dilemma before. So it all tracks Mm -hmm. and it makes perfect sense that he's attracted to Cass. She's the only one on the ship who thinks of him as a person.
2: Yep. Basically the only one who really talks to him.
0: Yeah. So like, of course it's going to be Cass. Yeah.
2: It would be really weird. We're we're not
0: going to have a sudden reveal where he's attracted to to (laughs) Topal.
2: Like, yes. Again, take notes. Other shows take notes.
0: So, for those reasons alone, and of course no one else is in this goddamn show, yeah. so it's a four for me.
2: I agreed. I added a four. The uh, Doctor's the only one in any of the shows ever to like ask reasonable questions <laughs> during this whole Barkley trying to convince him to blow up the ship process. Um, often the crews in these shows will act on suspect info or no info at all and just, just to make the plot work, but the Doctor's like, yeah, that's cool, but you still could be tricking me. <laughs> which was a, which was a nice change, but...
0: Like, hey, I've never seen you before, so...
2: Yeah, like, good story, but, you know, maybe not. Um, And like he said, the other characters don't really appear in it or say a ton. Why did why was Chakotay the one to go in? They just needed something for Beltran to do?
0: I guess, like, it would have made so much more sense for it to be Janeway. She's had, like, ten interactions with the Doctor.
2: Janeway or Cass... Like, Kess would have been a double piss because she actually but... talks to him, or maybe like an engineer who's working.
0: Maybe on they it. did not trust Kess to explain what was happening to him. It's just... But, but Janeway's the second best engineer on the ship, we all know. Right. So,
2: should have just been her anyway. So, it should have just been her. Yeah, yeah, I agreed. It was a four.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, uh, on the back end, Ben gave it a four for world building. Um, he gave it a seven for characterization. He liked the Doctor's grumpiness when he deletes Kim in Paris.
2: Okay, yeah, and he's decided effect. that,
0: and he's decided that he likes the character of the Doctor.
1: Okay,
0: and no one else, <laughs> or no one else is in it. I'm not sure what he means by that statement. Um, but yeah, he thought it was a, a seven. Um, you and I were less uh, charitable. I do. I will say that I agree that I sort of like the character of the Doctor. I remember him being more annoying. Yeah in in voyager now i actually have a lot of sympathy for him at many points yes, because
2: they really do treat him like garbage they treat him
0: they treat him so bad
2: yeah he's fine he's fine um i'm not in love with the acting style the character style i don't know who designed the doctor to be a sarcastic ass or why like how that works
0: well now we know barkley was involved and uh what it so what's probably happening is this is a shitty version of Lewis Zimmerman yeah. in the same way that he makes a shitty version of Riker.
2: Yes, that's right.
0: So he worked directly for this guy. I
2: just made him. This is you, and right?
0: So he probably was like, eh, "Fuck this guy." This is that's <laughs> He's that's my. This is how I. And then there's someone like Troy who's going to say, "You are very tall. It can it can be imposing." <laughs>
2: Oh, I wish we were. Oh
0: actually kinda of makes more sense that he's programmed this way once you know Barkley had a hand in it.
2: Can we change the project so every week we review five TNG episodes?
0: <laughs> well, you know what would be great about that is uh we'd be half done.
2: Yeah, we'd be like almost done with the project and we'd be having a lot more fun, I think. I think so too. Uh quick hitters. One one of them short teasers just jumping right in. Yeah. They're like, Hey, here's the setup, into the credits. Um if this episode's just going to be the EMH in a room, this will be the worst bottle episode ever. So I'm glad they started moving him around.
0: I, by the way, I also had a thought. Oh God, what a bottle episode! we going to be first. He Has to do, has to do everything from sickbay. They must have been way over budget.
2: Yeah. Uh, good to know the crew came to call the caretaker Banjo Man. That <laughs> yes. was indeed a silly situation they were in that ruined all of their lives forever.
0: Yes. Oh, we've never heard anyone say Banjo Man, but why not? Yep
2: uh Jennifer lean's actor's secret is that she's an insane person in real life that's right, so that is what is informing <laughs> she just her style
0: goes out into the street naked and breaks into her neighbor's house and shit just like a crazo
2: yep uh that's, I stopped writing down at quick hitters
0: yeah, I, I had a I, few i turned i turned off. um phone. but they these are gonna be very uh stream of consciousness, and they also stop very early so. <laughs> Uh, I wrote, uh, "Oh, I'm so bummed out by the credits." Mm. Dwight Schultz as Barkley, directed by Jonathan Frakes.
2: Yeah, you're watching too closely, dude. You get the yep. spoilers.
0: Uh And then, uh, uh, oh, i was so mad at him. He watched the f- the last bridge log, where which is a so hella garbled, and Way barely explains anything, and you hear like Kazan. Yeah. But he does not watch the second to last bridge log. What if there was some information in that? <laughs> Got
2: everything he needed. Kazan.
0: So that
2: was it. That's all he needed.
0: I was mad at him. I told him to watch the second to last bridge log.
2: good, At least.
0: Like if it, okay, fine. It turns out that it's routine. It's from that morning and nothing had happened you yet. Know. Okay, yeah. great. You don't have to watch any other ones. Good point. Uh, then I wrote, I'm not sure the doctor should be able to cast a shadow.
2: I'm not and sure. then
0: I wrote, or bleed.
2: Oh, there you go. And
0: then I wrote, oh, Jesus H. Christ, we've got a reverse future imperfect here. <laughs> and then I wrote, nope, it's a straight up frame of mind. <laughs>
2: That's right. And like you talked about, his wound kept opening. <laughs>
0: yep. What now, is this? Oh, that's different. Except episode. that that fucking diaper episode, Frame of Mind, turns out it's a much better crafted episode. Well. Like, they do the wound thing to show you every transition.
2: In seven and a half years or whatever. Yep. When
0: we, when we get to it. By the way, it's a terrible episode, but it's better than this one. Chew on it. We'll see if it scores better. Uh, I've done the math I gave it 14 you gave it 10 Oof. so 24 it's a that's a drop for Voyager Faces and Cathexus both scored lower than that
2: did, how, how did we not re- remove points from the episode for naming it Cathexus
0: <laughs> I don't remember how what we how we scored it like... so maybe we did
2: okay good we should have
0: um, but yeah uh, it's like tied for the third worst Voyager episode in terms of score
2: yeah, well it was terrible
0: by the way, it would be a uh, much more it'd be a much more decent score if it were a DS9 episode.
2: I know. Uh, one more man.
0: I gave the best actor oh. Uh, award. Oh, by the way, I guess we should jump back in DS9. I gave best actor to uh, Alemo and worst actor to Visitor.
3: Alemo
2: appears in like one scene over a calm screen, but He's he on was two,
0: two calm scenes. Sorry, two calm scenes. He talks to Odo.
2: Yeah.
0: And Odo tells him they played one game of that and he cheated <laughs> right he already a Sisko. much more
2: interesting backstory than anyone else in the show
0: yep exactly uh so yeah best actor fighting mad neelix in this one
2: uh yeah he got his opportunity to play around but he wasn't i mean the acting still counts even that the character was fake
0: yep yeah exactly yep. that's this is best actor
2: yeah
0: uh worst actor sex cass which by the way is annoyingly close to being a palindrome
2: Close, but not quite. It's, that's
0: what, it, it's just, it's just off. <laughs> sex Cass is just off of being a palindrome. If her name was Sex or something right. with an X. When she
2: wanted to get it on with him, she was being real creepy. And yep. anyone in the right mind would be like, oh, no, thank you. I do not want any of right now. Thank you. Thank you again. So,
0: so I, I mean, I wasn't excited when I saw that this episode was called Projections and the thumbnail was the doctor. Yeah. I scenario. guess the thumbnail being the Doctor gives you an excuse for the episode being called Projections that doesn't include the holodeck, but boy did we get into the goddamn holodeck.
2: Yep. All up in it. And I feel like they like it even more than TNG does. Like the Next Generation went
0: to the holodeck about 12 or 13 times yeah. in the show, where the holodeck was in it, like not just at a place where something happened, but yep. but a part of the show. Oh my god, are we in the holodeck every other week here? They
2: don't know what to do, and it's like, hey, why did you put them in a quadrant where nothing's been explored, and they have so many opportunities to explore new things, and then all you do is put them in the holodeck every week.
0: They've got a running series of openings where Janeway is playing a governess in in the holodeck. I don't get it. That's just Sesame Street style, so they can cut the episodes together however they want.
3: That's true.
0: So I was disappointed when I saw all of that and it lived up to my disappointment.
2: How did you feel when you saw the thumbnail for the next one?
0: Um I was angry and I cried.
2: <laughs> okay, right, that's fair.
0: So this week we watched Acquisition.
2: Um, alright. Hey, some Ferengis tried to take over the ship. But they didn't succeed. Because they're Ferengis and they're terrible at everything. That's the whole episode.
0: Yeah, um... Because they thought they were dealing with Voyager, they planted a device in, like, a cave on a planet. <laughs> and waited for the crew to bring it aboard and it gassed them all and then the Ferengi came over and they just start stealing everything that's not nailed down including chairs and yeah. and other stuff Yeah, but Trip was away
2: because Trip was in the decontamination but room but Trip was
0: de- it was in decon so they decontaminated him for much longer than they decontaminated the device he brought up
2: yep yes yep uh,
0: so they must have shown so, up on his
2: scan or whatever
0: so I thought we were going to have us a little die hard. Mm, we didn't. But we don't, no, because then they wake Archer up, and then... And Archer just, does
2: all the heavy lifting.
0: Then the two of them wake up t Pole and then they don't really fight their way out.
2: Nope. You don't have, have just, to. The Ferengi are pathetic.
0: They just turn the Ferengi against each other. Uh, yeah. Very easily.
2: What did you think this thing was about?
0: A house divided cannot stand?
2: Sure, that works.
0: It's three, it's three
2: points. Now, is that because you didn't?
0: Abraham Lincoln said it in the 1860s. So, <laughs>
2: okay. I I also had it as three because I I didn't even come up with something that good. I just had you. You should treat your workforce better. That's all I, I guess. Had. That's all I had, but like all of
0: the all of the three other frig hate each other too, and I don't think that's about
2: labor. Yeah, maybe not. Um, should we point out who what the who the Ferengi were?
0: Yeah, so they stunt cast the Ferengi, I guess, sort, sort of. Sort of, yeah, Star Trek um, version of it. In the sense that they put actors in there that you were gonna recognize mm-hmm. in an irritating way. So the main Ferengi is Neelix. Yep. Uh now he played a Ferengi in the next generation before he was Neelix. And I
2: think he but made To mint.
0: To my mind, that's more of a reason not to put him in Ferengi makeup again.
2: Yeah, I think on Voyager he may the character Neelix may pretend to be a Ferengi. At one point. So
0: they they're just gonna keep going back to that well. Wow. Yeah. Ferengi number two uh-huh. is uh Baylock.
2: Clint Clint Howard. Clint motherfucking Howard. The Ferengi's a Howard.
0: He's not drinking Tranya. he's not wearing a robe. Yep. He's dressed as a Ferengi, but his light blue watery eyes are very straightforward. <laughs> as
2: Marjan would say, he's a Howard.
0: He's a Howard.
2: I wonder sometimes if a character's a Howard. And?
0: He's one of them fighting Howards. And our old buddy Shran slash Weiyun slash Brunt, another Ferengi. Uh-huh. Is, uh, is, I mean, he's really Ferengi number four.
2: Yes, but, but in the context of this episode, I guess he's the most important he's, one. he's
0: the third. He's the most important Ferengi. He's also the third of the three ones that you recognize. And they had a fourth Ferengi, but I don't know who that was, and I don't care. Yeah.
2: yeah. So I just thought we should get that out of the way. Um, so they
0: did, they gave us the reverse of this last week on Voyager, or two weeks ago or whatever, when they took a Ferengi, Nog, and they made him a Kazon.
2: Yeah, but I, I still thought of him as Nog.
0: But he was very clearly Nog. And this time they flipped it on us in a terrible way.
2: Well, Either way we gave a three on the take. Execution uh uh Krem would be more sympathetic as like the Ferengi underdog who's put upon by everybody if he wasn't some kind of a slave trading rapist.
0: Yep. Yeah.
2: Kinda of ruins the take for supposed to be like sympathetic for this. It's, so
0: douche. this is a this is a big problem with, with the Ferengi. Yeah. And it's not Enterprise's fault and it's not DS nine's fault. It's TNG's fault.
3: Yeah. The
0: first time we see the Ferengi, they are crazy surprised to see women wearing clothes. Yeah. And A, this sets their attitude towards women. Yeah. And B, it makes it very curious that they can exist in the... Like, when Quark is out in the world, and all the other Ferengi that come to Deep Space Nine... Yeah. They can't be all the time like, why are all these women dressed?
2: Yeah. Yes, uh, they weren't really meant for that kind of interaction. They were designed to be the yes. show's new villain. Yes. And they weren't going to be interacting with them unless they were meeting them on hell planets or whatever. But
0: but they made them funny semi-Jews instead. Yeah. And...
2: <sighs> and, and and they feel the need to put that into all of the characters. Even the ones so, we are theoretically supposed to like or have right. sympathy for.
0: So is it Enterprise's fault that this guy thinks of women as property?
2: No, but it. Pro- I mean, no. you are going to use the Ferengi. This is what you're going to run into. Because a
0: Ferengi would. However, I mean, the elephant in the room here is that in the first few episodes of the Next Generation, uh-huh. no one in the Federation has ever seen a Ferengi.
2: Oh yeah, dude. Let me get to it.
0: They're mysterious and villainous. Yeah. And they get around that in this dumb episode by having nobody say the word Ferengi uh-huh. and by having Archer let them go at the end.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas what they should have done was not have any goddamn Ferengi in Enterprise.
2: Yeah, my first quick header is, and TNG is undercut again. It only took yep. them one second of this episode to ruin season one of TNG.
0: Where's... <laughs> This is see this is still the first season of Enterprise.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Someone in that writing room was like, We gotta have the Ferengi.
2: Fuck that guy. And
0: someone else said, Oh, I don't think I don't think they Federation had any contact with the Ferengi before before Picard. And someone else was like, Ah Dog How can we leave this on the table?
2: Yeah. This great. How can we piece.
0: leave this good good story about the Ferengi on the table?
2: Fuck Yeah. You. <laughs> yeah right. Fuck that guy, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. Everything about the Frankie's a problem. This episode was supposed to be like a fun romp. Uh, where the crew uses their great teamwork and trickery to f- fool their way out of Ferengi custody. And, uh, um, but it's a, f- it's a four execution for me.
0: I don't want to harp on this stuff, right? I don't want to keep talking about how TNG did it better. In Allegiance, when Picard gets back on his bridge, he shoots, like, two cool looks to people, and they trap those dudes in force fields. Yep. In this one, their teamwork is mostly Archer tells Trip what to do. (laughs) Yeah. And then and then Trip goes and finds to Paul, and then she's just kind of a wild card.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's the teamwork that we're contrasting with.
2: Not only that. Do you see what I mean? Not only that. Like it's
0: not a, it does doesn't set up any contrast between them and the Ferengi particularly.
2: But Trip and Archer do a lot of that in this show, where they are on the same page, role playing. They did it in the one with the the. Uh, Pajam monastery. Yep, and yep. they like do stuff like that. In TNG, it was kind of earned because that's what season three or four or something, it's something like you that. You get the feeling they've been around each other and been through it, and they know how to like communicate like this. In Enterprise, they're just like, look, these guys are such good buddies. Check it out.
0: I mean, yes, it's well, yes, they are Obi Wan and Anakin in the beginning of Act. They, the second episode in, a, telling in an you elevator. How good buddies they are. They're telling always, you they're good buddies. That's
2: right, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Thank you to Red Letter Media for a wonderful dissection of that. Um. So anyway, I gave it a four. What, what did you do for execution?
0: Uh, I gave it a four also. Okay. It does have a two-point deduction that's factored in there. Okay. And that is minus two points for Umox.
2: Yeah, yeah. yes.
0: Don't make me look at Umox.
2: I don't want to see it. That's sex stuff, and I don't want to look at it.
0: So, it is comically easy to turn these Ferengi against each other. Uh Uh-huh. Now, I grant you, what we saw here was a four-man crew. Right. On, like, a little shuttle. Not the cream of the crop. Not a full Decora, you know? Right. But Bok had to get pretty buck-wild before Kazago was willing to step in.
2: Yeah. Yes.
0: Like, I guess the good Ferengi are a little harder to turn than this. Yeah. But but if that's the case, then this isn't a story about how greed blinds you. It, it, these guys are just dumb.
2: Yep, they've handed some dumbass <laughs> dumb, dumb Ferengi.
0: These are dumb even for Ferengi. Yeah. And then I wrote, I can't decide if it's a plus or a minus that these guys aren't surprised that women wear clothing. Because clearly they should be. Yeah.
2: Unless but, that happens in the intervening years, I can't figure it out.
0: But isn't it kind of better that we don't have them doing that scene again?
2: It would be, except he's still trying to buy Paul for sex reasons the whole time. That is true. It's not like it's a really enlightened view.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I gave it a four. Because um, where... it's not bad,
2: like, it's not terrible to watch. Like, I get it. No. Oh, we're going to trick our way out of it. Look how good we are at...
0: No, it's it's bad that they did it.
2: Yes, that's correct.
0: The the actual episode itself is not put together that badly. It's just like it doesn't have the problems that the stupid Voyager episode had for sure. Yeah, but yes, it's it just it shouldn't have been. Yes, yes. it's an abomination. <laughs> it
2: was, it really was.
0: So, um, world building.
2: <laughs> uh huh.
0: World building. One hundred and seventy three rules of acquisition.
2: Yeah, I got that right.
0: 14 weapons lockers on the ship. He okay. Hoshi is worth five to six bars of gold.
2: <laughs> it's good to know. Look, like, I know. get it.
0: He's He was play acting, but that number came from somewhere.
2: It's good to know he set the limit from <laughs> he, now on.
0: Even if it was just for a second before he said it, he had to think of a number. He
2: measured it out. What's she about worth?
0: The number had to be credible enough that the Ferengi weren't going to go, wait, no, she's definitely not worth it. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: That many. I don't know which one of these women is Hoshi, but that's too much money. <laughs>
2: that's right. No females worth that much.
0: So I'm saying he put some thought into it. Um I'm giving it a one for world building.
2: Mm, it it would be harsh, but I gave it a one as well. Okay. Uh, Ferengi are not new at all, it turns out. Cause Archer met them. Negative world building for continuity massacre. Um I guess the decont the decontamination room is very warm, as Tripp mentions that he's feeling well done after an hour inside of it.
0: Yeah, I wonder if he's getting hit by UV rays or something. Like we know that they can just take a pill to not have cancer That's at right. this point. Yeah. So I guess it wouldn't be dangerous to do UV decontamination. Like he's not gonna get skin cancer or if he does, who cares there's a pill for it.
2: Just as long as they're watching it.
0: So I thought it, but he doesn't also it doesn't appear to be sunburned, so I don't know. Mm.
2: Uh, As always, The Ferengi Wardrobe is an awesome mystery show.
0: It is. I kind of like Clint Howard's jacket. (laughs) I like it better than um, Neelix as the captain from Firefly.
2: Yes, that's right. As Mal.
0: As Mal, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: The Ferengi have an even better universal translator. Works almost instantaneously.
0: Well, they probably bought it from someone. Won't we learn in Deep Space Nine that they bought Warp Drive?
2: Uh, yes.
0: Yeah. In a, I think that comes in a very terrible episode. Uh, maybe the one where they go, or it turns out that they're Roswell? Oh my god, how am I going to give that bitch. points?
2: That's going to be like negative a million points. How am I going to get board? one point? Yeah, that's a tough one. Maybe the characterization will be very good.
0: Yeah, maybe Nog's real on point in that one or something. Oh, I think...
2: There too, I do too. think I remember...
0: I do think I remember good interactions between Quark and some general.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's probably chomping on a cigar. It's going to be really good.
0: I think there's going to be some stuff in there where Quark is basically talking to him the same way he is trying to collect money in Babel.
2: (laughs) You, money! (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. Um, And then I had the rules of acquisition thing that you had as well. uh, But it's just a one. Characterization. Uh, Archer, pretty level-headed and immediately starts playing a confidence game with Krem. Yep. So I guess he's got good senses in that way. Nobody loves playing the nonverbal buddy deception game more than Trip and Archer. They do it every week. Um Trip also doesn't panic and goes about his business trying to save the crew, so I like that as well. Just comes out there in his underpants and jumps into action. Again, I like it when the Starfleet people seem like they are competent and, and confident and know what they're doing. Um Tapal tells a joke about wishing she still had her violent tendencies and the way she joins in with the Ferengi foolery essentially means she's up to Spock's level of human interaction already, right?
0: It seems like too fast, right? It's a too little much weird. growth, too fast?
2: It's, a, it's been less than a year on this ship, and yeah, she was on Earth for two before that, but it seems quick. Um, but overall, I thought everyone, and everyone was fine. I gave it a six for characterization.
1: Okay.
0: I, I mean, I gave, it a, I gave it a two, so...
2: <laughs> so we're far off on that one.
0: Yeah, so we're a little we're a little distant on here, so I guess I should explain. Okay. Uh, Archer is the world's biggest asshole for letting these guys go free.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know what the point of that is.
0: T'Pol would never do that bit at the end where she pretends she isn't going to unlock Archer.
2: Yeah, she's playing a lot of games. That too,
0: was too real and also too inappropriate. Like, when you're trying to do a trick on a Ferengi and you're doing this shit, That's fine. Now is not the time to do that, though. When your captain's in handcuffs and, like, yeah, the Ferngir are trapped in that shit, but the whole crew's still unconscious. Yeah, there's a lot left to be done. uh, She just, uh, T'Pol would never do that, She dropped
2: the ball on the one-yard line on that one.
0: Uh, Trip. Didn't say anything about a robo.
2: I know, it's uh, it's true. It's kind of a problem.
0: And uh, everyone else was asleep the whole time. I gave it a two. Okay. Um. Uh, I'll just do the math here right, I can, hit I can, me with your yeah. hit me with them quick quickos
2: um, when they make aliens talk in Star Trek when they're speaking their alien languages they have them say about ten syllables at most they never talk like people actually talk in long complex sentences like I get it you don't want extras to have to learn a bunch of alien speak but it really takes me out of it they always are just like rah 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 Bah, bah, bah. Like back at each other. Yep. <laughs> like they always say the simplest shit. <coughs>
0: that's very true.
2: Uh, Cool, more underpants scenes, my favorite. <laughs> I only ogled a little, but you can see the difference between the eras of Star Trek. Like, Tripp's just an engineer, but he's in hella good shape. I think yeah, they're that's all true. in really good shape on this show, because that's what's required to be on TV in the off. Yeah, Tripp's not Scotty. Yeah. Even Svelte Riker wasn't, like, cut or anything. That's
0: true. Yeah, I mean, you have to factor in that the times are different. Yeah. Like, I think Kirk was probably considered a
2: pretty handsome when he was on. <laughs> exactly right. Well, he gets his shirt off a lot, or torn, or whatever. Uh, And then I mentioned who played the fucking Ferengis, with varying levels of surprise and outrage. Um, yep. Again, I hope we aren't supposed to feel sorry for Krem for being shit on all the time because he's a diddler. uh just like TNG did, and then DS9, <laughs> this show immediately makes the Ferengi the least worthy adversaries in the galaxy.
0: That is correct.
1: It, it turns so out
2: so easy to trick and pit against each other. And yes, these might just be dumb Ferengi, but it happens to all the Ferengi.
0: No, it's true. The Ferengi are. It turns out slightly less capable than the pack led. If <laughs> it's true, if you if you don't stop and ask how they built the Marauders, because those things.
2: Are supposed to be pretty it doesn't,
0: it doesn't seem like the Ferengi could have done that.
2: Stroke my lobes? Probably the worst yeah. sentence I've ever heard in a Star Trek. That's episode. extremely bad. Uh, it's extremely bad.
0: Uh, I deducted two points for
2: I, the I, word. I, I just now looking at it, can I deduct one from execution? You could have to redo the math. Yeah, um, I guess I can redo the math. Because the sentence, stroke my lobes, is just unforgivable. That's an unforgivable thing that happened. Uh, and then I stopped writing anything after that because I was grossed out
0: yeah it's pretty bad um yeah i did the same thing you did is that neelix as a ferengi uh answering the question no one asked what does the ferengi language sound like yeah. by the way a we ferengi. probably
2: get that in that roswell episode
0: i'm sure oh you're probably right balok is a ferengi oh no is it diehard in space it turns out it wasn't by the way no. uh why are they stealing chairs
2: they don't have those on their home planet
0: and it was so gross when that dude put a raw pie in his sack.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: Just a slice of pie on a plate. He just dumped it into his sack with all that other shit. There's going to be pie on everything <laughs> and that pie is going to taste like metal. The
2: pecan pie is not going to be so good later. Like, it's
0: just going to be a disaster. It's so nasty. Sticky. Uh, uh, And I wrote, taking all the women. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brunt, Wei Yun, Shran he yet another Ferengi. Uh, I did write, I hope that dog dies in that crate.
2: (laughs) It would be nice to never have to see Aramis again. Damn it. I never get it right.
0: (laughs) I I was hoping that they would successfully steal that dog, and then we wouldn't have to explain why why they're off the show. Uh, Then I wrote, um, hey, Ferengi, you're stronger than this. We know that already.
2: Yeah, they're surprisingly strong.
0: They're surprisingly strong. They're strong enough to make it hard for Riker. And Worf. And Worf. Worf's
2: got them all over him. He's freaking out. Worf has
0: a couple. He's working more than one. Yeah. But it's, it's they're strong enough that Data feels like he needs to announce it. Yeah. Uh, extremely fucked out that T'Pol pronounces humans correctly and this guy just says Humans back at her.
2: Yeah, it's like, hey, um, how come the Universal Translator broke right there?
0: So I'm just going to start calling these Rogue Ones. It's another Rogue One, like as if we were all wondering all the time how the Ferengi started pronouncing it that way.
2: Yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, then I wrote, "Yeah, just let the pirates go, you asshole."
2: Hey, how come they didn't show up with any of their cool laser whips? I like those.
0: No, uh, they have a. They have a, There's an energy whip in this one. It's only used oh. once.
2: Oh, he uses the whip. Yeah, oh, I he didn't does. Even notice. He uses it
0: in one scene.
2: Talk. That's that's pretty good. That might be a continuity point of some kind.
0: Uh, then I wrote, "So I guess the thought maker is a Ferengi device because it was definitely reused as a prop." On the shuttle. Like, the control of the shuttle has the... I mean, it's got one of the ha- hemispheres from the Thoughtmaker.
2: You're right. It was filed in back in the storeroom under... Uh, under Ferengi. Props, comma Ferengi.
0: I always had assumed that it was kind of a black market purchase, and maybe not a Ferengi device.
2: Turns out there was R&D that went into that on Ferengi and Arc.
0: Because their brains are different from humans, so I wouldn't think a telepathic device that they made would necessarily work. Hmm. We've seen that twice with on. Well, I'm sorry. We've only seen it once with a Troy at this point, but yes. we will see it again. That's what I wrote.
2: All right. Well, how'd it do?
0: Mathematically, not so well. I gave it 10 points.
2: Okay.
0: You gave it 13 points. That's so very bad. <laughs> it adds up to 23, which is the worst this week, but only because you deducted that last point. Otherwise, it was going to be tied with Voyager.
3: Well, they deserved it.
0: It is two points better than we gave Rogue Planet.
2: Broke Planet was very bad.
0: Yeah. But. But. uh, Fight or Flight Episode 2 was the only other episode to score below 23.
2: Oh boy, so this was really a bad one.
0: So, real bad even by Enterprise standards. And, again, one where I was not excited to see the Ferengi. No. Because they shouldn't have made that decision. And it turned out that it was... Bad. Uh, I gave best actor for this one to Hoshi. <laughs> Managed to not obviously breathe or have her eyes flutter when she was on camera. <laughs> that was pretty good as far as this episode. Would worked. you
2: give her like an extra gold bar of worth based on that? Yeah. Well,
0: that's why I think she's a six and not a five. Okay.
2: Good. All right.
0: Worst actor. Uh, Ferengi four way tie. Yeah. I hated all of them. <laughs> yes. That's fair i mean the the third guy the the guy whose name we did not say because we don't know who played him yeah the other guy he was very very forgettable yes his lines were like devoid of emotion he, so they were all bad
2: he's no clint How- he's not a howard that's what he's not he's not a howard
0: <laughs> does not have the prestige acting skills of a howard
2: all right let's wrap this thing up it's gone it's, i'm tired i'm sleepy uh We won this thing
0: uh the winner this week with forty seven points is the episode coming of age. Um surprising to me. I don't I never think about this one hmm. among the good episodes from season one. I obviously I think about the scene with Rondan most of the time. A
2: lot of the yes yes.
0: <laughs> and uh Wesley's psych test. Yeah. Uh and of course
2: all the rem- uh, remix stuff.
0: All the remix stuff, but I even when I'm thinking about that, I'm not really thinking about this episode. Yeah true maybe the part at the end where he kisses ass and asks to be posted to the enterprise yeah um but uh numbers don't lie it was our it was the highest episode for both of us this week
2: dog, and dog was, don't lie dog never lie
0: dog never lie rock never die, and that gives this week an average score of thirty four which is uh actually pretty good
2: yeah the um the t o s and d s nine episodes scored pretty well so
0: yeah. They scored high enough, despite the problems in the Deep Space Nine episode, which of which there were some. And in fact, Arena's not amazing.
2: Arena's pretty bad.
0: But they uh, they scored enough to, to overall buoy the week up. I mean, five points better on average than last week. All right. So, pretty good. And we'll see if it holds up next week. What
2: do we got? What's on the slate?
0: Uh, next week we're watching Tomorrow is Yesterday.
2: Okay, I don't, I don't really remember which one that is, but...
0: Heart of Glory, so we're going to get to explore Wharf a little bit.
2: Definitely remember which one that is.
0: Uh, in the Hands of the Prophets. Could be anything. That could be good or bad. I mean, it is crazy that we haven't really had anything to say about or think about the Prophets yeah. since Emissary, because. Se- Seems like you should be curious about what's going on in there. I would think
2: that the Federation would be sending all kinds of expeditions just to sit in that wormhole in front scans and try to figure out what's happening,
0: but... Yeah, I would think so, too.
2: And that you send a fucking diplomat. Uh,
0: Voyager appears to be an episode called Elogium.
2: What is wrong with them? Why can't they name an episode? Why are they so bad at it? Going
0: for cryptic, I guess.
2: Fuck these guys.
0: And uh, from Enterprise, we have Oasis, so... Uh, no points for guessing what I'm going to play next week for the Enterprise. <laughs> Too theme. easy.
2: That's rough. <laughs> you should... Okay, I'll have ideas for you off the air.
0: I I uh, I, I already know what I'm going to play, so don't worry about it. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sorry. I don't know which song I'm going to play, but I know what I'm going to play. No,
2: I have a really good idea for you. Um, uh, yeah. So that's Tell it.
0: them how, how they can get in touch with us.
2: Yeah, uh, tweet at us. Let us know all of your great thoughts uh, at Brother Date. You can find the show at Uh. You can see us on the iTunes uh, I think you could just I think there's a camera of us always on the iTunes if you go on it you can look at us. Um, Sorry if
0: I'm doing something weird or talking to my cats.
2: <laughs> Your cats have been very vocal tonight is that because you haven't fed them?
0: Yeah, their dinner time was an hour ago. Right, they're probably, probably and they probably. have little internal clocks so they're mad. Yeah. <laughs> all
2: right, we're all going to get on to our own business then and and you at home should do so as well. So we will see you next week. Bye. Peace.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Please subscribe. <uish fades> in? <inaudibleoise> <tame outro>?